there. This is the ghost of Michael Jackson. I've come back from the grave to warn all you listeners that tonight's episode of the AFTN Soccer Show is gonna be bad. It's bad. Yeah, there's gonna be bad language, there's gonna be mature content matter, and a lot more besides. I like these people because they are bad. Also, they play songs from 1979. This month in 1979... I released my famous hit single, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, which was a mantra I followed all through my later life. Now, enjoy the AFTN Soccer Show. Previously on AFTN. Like milkshake shacks and stuff like that. But that was the jam from What's 19- that? I never heard of that. It, you get you get a kind of like it's, it must be a Scottish thing. It's a creamy. It thing. Must be a Scottish thing. Yeah. yeah. No, we don't get that in North America. Sometimes the decor is a bit surprising in them, but Whitecaps, finally this year, are record breakers. Maybe not in the way that everyone wanted, but hey, a record is a record. And this is a record-setting edition of the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. This is the first episode of the show that is entitled episode 355. So there's a record. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. I think in honor of this record-breaking performance, we should perform this podcast with our hands behind our back. <laughs> I'm all you mean, for that. You mean like uh, Whitecaps coaches with no true designated players? <laughs> oh. Or like the defenders constantly, Eliad yes. and Jake Nowitzki, just running around with their hands behind their back. I, I don't know if he's worried he's going to get his hands cut off or what, but it's like... 
It's it, you just see them; they're constantly doing that. Is which record are you referring to? I think I know which one you're talking about. But well, there was a couple of records set in that match on Saturday in San Jose. None of them are really records that you would want the White Caps to to have their name attached to. Right. I mean, full credit. To Maxime Cripot, yes, outstanding individual personal performance. Got that's, to say that off off the bat. That's the one I thought you yeah. were referring to. That was sweet sixteen. Still think it was fifteen. Not a hundred percent sure he got his fingertips to that free kick that gave him the sixteenth one. But let's why, not why, split hairs. Why not take? Why take away the little joy there? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, full credit to Max. He put in an absolutely phenomenal display out there. But. For a goalkeeper to set that record, that means that players in front of you were playing pretty shit. And let's be honest, pretty much all the players on Saturday night in San Jose did not have a a good outing. There was a a couple of of positives. Max, Jake Nowinski's goal. That aside, that performance stunk. Again, you can't even comment about it the way they played on the ball either because they didn't have the ball. (laughs) Yeah. So you got to take but, that away. Did you see some of the heat there, maps? We, some of the other distribution well, no. maps? <laughs> I didn't see any heat oh. at all. Uh, I didn't. You could just what see was, it. What was way. the final percentage? I think I saw the halftime. It was a 75 25. Right. Yeah. The halftime, yeah, half-time it was, was 81 yeah. 19. Yeah. Yes. That, that was not. The, the halftime stats were terrifying, but we'll, we'll come to a few of those things. I mean, Max, hats off to him. Especially some folks still think he's a USL quality goalkeeper. <laughs> I think he showed that he's not. He's MLS quality. People actually said that? Yes. A, a former goalkeeper coach had said that Oh, in the past. yeah, yeah, that's yes. right. I know who you're talking about. I'm sure he's listening to this show. Hi, Marys. Um <laughs> <laughs> It feels like you're going to keep it a secret that you just can't, can you? <laughs> I can. I, I'm like that. When I, get I think most secret. people knew who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Marius is a great guy. It, it was a horrible overall performance, though. And you have to wonder, if Max was not standing on his head in that game, how bad could that game have got? Yeah. You thought the six goals conceded against a really good LAFC team was something. The record, I think, that I found was LA Galaxy gave up eight against Dallas Burn in June 98. That had the makings... Of being way more than eight, that could have been embarrassing. Yeah, because in the fir- especially in the first half, I counted five saves that he made that could easily have gone in. Yeah, um, and the the second half wasn't that bad. I don't think like they were they were close, but the some of the shots were kind compared to the first half were easy yeah, to I handle. But rats, yeah, but, yeah, but the first half he may had to make some huge saves. What, what, like, what and the record making save that he they got his hands barely to that ball to get it tipped off the bar. So what do you put it down to? What the, the just the performance? Yes, I, I I think they just they got complacent again. I they had such a they, they had a d- very decent game against DC United where they were showing, and I thought they could just walk into San Jose and put it in. I think the players were. I don't know how they could be, but it just feels like they were overconfident of what they wanted to do, or they were too scared. They, they had the week know. off, right? They, yeah, or no, the yeah. week off. Well, they, they trained. They, but, yeah. they, like they didn't. They had a week they between didn't play games during the week. Yeah. 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 San Jose did. They rested some of their. And I think San Jose was guys. pissed off too because they they were they yeah. were they were getting the, the the I think they were on a four game losing streak or something like that or a three four game winless streak, 
And they beat lost to LA Galaxy pretty bad. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, right. Yeah. If you look at the stats, I mean, I, I said it was ugly. The halftime stats line was horrendous. 19% possession, as we talked about. 25 shots given up in just the first 45 minutes. And that was with us scoring first. We should not score first. We clearly just make teams in California angry by doing that. <laughs> at the end of the day, only letting three goals in actually seems like some kind of small victory. The end outshot forty three to five. Possession seventy five to twenty five. Accurate passes six hundred and forty five to one hundred and sixty nine. Pretty much as Steve said, because we didn't have the ball. Pass success ninety percent to seventy two. So a team manages six hundred and forty five passes, and they have a ninety percent accuracy in that. They, they played so far off the ball. Like, they, they like allowed them to have possession, essentially. They gave it up. There was no challenge to any of the San Jose players. Well, I, the, the, the marking in general. Yeah. The, the, the tracking, <laughs> the marking. Uh, like, Zach and me had a few texts back and forth because Zach had watched. Did you see all of the game before you, you came home from the island? No, uh, we saw the first half. Did they see any of the second half? No. No, we listened to uh, the second half in the car. Because uh, I, I, I was going to watch when I got back from the island. We were, we were both over at the Pacific FC game. Well, I just sent you a text because like, you were like, yeah. oh, I got on the ferry. Yeah, I said no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, can't <laughs> wait to hear what your thoughts on it. And I thought, and then when Jake scored, I was like, oh, this is going <laughs> to yeah. be like three or four goals to us. This is why he wants to hear my thoughts. Yeah. Didn't last long. No, it didn't. Um, and you, you talked, that was the one thing you said. You said the, the lack of marking is... Oh. I would say lack of learning. Because yes, you give yes. you give Wondolowski one chance at the far corner, <laughs> and Crippo comes over and makes a save, and then you give him a second yeah. chance I mean, it's at not the same if, spot. I mean, who's, and there was who's a, heard of this young and, kid, Wondolowski? And there was a third one too, where he missed as well. I think later on, I can't remember, but I think he, I think he even had a third chance and at the same spot. Steve, you remember this is not the first time the Van- a Vancouver side has given Chris Wondolowski a lot of open yeah. space to thirteen goals. Is it now he's scored? But usually he scored camps? he scored in different ways. This time it seemed like he was going to score the same way yeah. at the back post on a corner. I mean, San Jose came here. And set a record, I think, for goals in an away by an away team in thirty-two shots, not goals, shots uh, for an away team. So I mean that that was one thing. But you look at the marking, and there's no tracking. The, the first goal, the guy just wanders into the box. No one's tracking the run. The second goal with Wando, it's the zonal marking. It's like they're frightened. It's, it was like they're foosball players and they couldn't come off their little rack. It's, <laughs> Like, like the first time, fine, you, you screwed up. Second time, put somebody on the post. Hmm. At least yeah. it helps uh, Crepo with that. There's, if you, there's can, a novel yeah. idea. From yeah, the put past. somebody on the post <laughs> if you're not if you're going to zone Omar. Put somebody on the post because that's a zone. Yeah, that's the zone you want to cover. I just stood there, can I just watch and go? Oh, there's the ball that's yeah. going past me. Oh, there's Wando. Oh, third goal. He tried Andy Rose. He got burned for yeah. pace. That was not a good goal either. And then, of course. Go from the edge of the box with no one around the guy, shutting him down, trying to get to him, nothing at all. And it had to be one of those that were curling away from Max in order for him to avoid it and just got off off the post yeah. as well. So they had to really pinpoint their goals. Actually, I saw some um, um, some like uh, kind of uh, reviews of the San Jose side of the game and they were kind of upset they only got three goals considering how much possession oh, they yeah. They actually thought it was a bad game on their part because they... They, they didn't I get enough goals, that. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But we're in the history books. Good old Max. 
But, I mean, we've talked about the marking so much. If you're looking at the defence, though, it's been a big talking point for us all season. At the start of the season, we talked about how good they were, whereas the rest of the team weren't performing. The defenders were scoring goals, everything like that. Then there was that dip in form. We were letting goals in. The defence wasn't doing well. Then it looked like we turned it around again. Now, as you say, what what was behind it? Because that, that defence looked terrible. We've talked about the midfield letting them down. This was a... a com- Last week, I said it was the best team performance of the season yeah. this was the worst yeah. team performance of well, the season and I don't get it how they can fl- uh, I kind of do get it but because they're not a good team well, San I can get it, but... it's not a good team as well that's what yeah. makes it even more frustrating if LAFC or Atlanta had done this to us yeah. nah, there, there was one change at the back right Yes. So Godoy, was Godoy rested for Montreal? No, or? Godoy had tightness yeah. oh, I tightness. mean you, you had he, tightness tonight he, coming here Yeah. different kind <laughs> But he was tight. He didn't train on Thursday. They didn't want to they, risk they him. Traveled him. He traveled, though, yeah. Because yeah. this, this okay. midweek as well. So they didn't want to risk him. So Daniil comes in and you have that performance. So it was right. a force change. Yeah. Okay. But I, I don't blame... I honestly don't blame the centre backs in this position because all, all, all the goals were like out of there where they were supposed well, to be. Yeah. It was all wide spots. Oh, yeah. Ali Adnan like the fullbacks, had a shocker. Again. Yeah, the fullbacks... Like I said, the, somebody would have the ball and Ali Adnan was... 10 feet away with his hands behind his back. Like, you think he'd be able to move his hands away from his, the ball in, with 10-yard notice, right? It's not like it's going to be ball to hand there. It, he, he definitely had a had a bad outing. I mean, the thing, though, Cornelius and Godoy, they played well the last couple of games. Godoy and Rose, I think it was, played well when they were all away with Canada. Now, I've come around on Daniel Henry. I think he's had a good season. It does feel, though, that when he's in the, the defence, these are when they're having the bad games. That might be a pure coincidence. I think it's a coincidence. But I, I you think, look at the really bad games and he's in there. I think it is a coincidence. Remember, he was in that second half of DC United where he they actually played better, I thought, than the than the first half defensively. Um, so I, I, I think it is a coincidence. I, again, I'm going to point to the midfield. The midfield yeah. didn't do it for them. The full back defending was uh, not very good. And the, this time, the inverted, uh, well, the Christmas tree formation didn't work against the San Jose team. Maybe it's something that they should have changed the formation for this game. It's all Felipe's fault. <laughs> I think we, we can blame him. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I in terms of Dan, Danielle, I... I I w- well, I didn't know about the tightness, so I thought it was a resting thing, and then that made it seem like, are you upsetting what has been a relatively okay, um, back- <laughs> okay uh, backline? Um, that you know, so it, it, knowing that there's tightness, okay, there's a reason for it. I would tend to agree with you, Steve, in terms of it not being uh, it being more of a coincidence that he's been in for those uh, for, for those games. Yeah, and and the other thing is, is I think I I think they should have made they should they need to rotate the attack because right now even against the DC United they weren't that great at, in the attack they need yeah. to find the right formation now that Ricketts has got a couple of half games uh, Chirinos has got uh, uh, twenty minutes or whatever he got I think maybe He's not very small like when I saw him at training on Thursday I was like there's nothing to him it's another kind of Tashira Venuto kind of thing yeah yeah. Um, but I think I think they need to rotate these guys in and out. Yeah. I, I think Montero has kind of run its course in that position. I think they need to see somebody else 
on, on the wide side. I think they need more width. Yeah, Freya had a couple of good games, but I mean, no, no one covered themselves in any glory on Saturday. Well, give a hat tip to Jake Nowinski for getting his first yeah, MLS goal. Good, but he also made the yeah, biggest he, bonehead play of the yeah. game too. He. The the one where he was uh, off the offside one where yeah. he basically had thirty oh, yards in front yeah. of him, him and, he, and Oh, I had blocked and, that totally from he, my mind he, when I was doing the. He passed it to Reina basically. Who he missed, Reina was he clearly off time. Yes. Yeah. by about five yeah. seconds. I Ray. He looked less than that on the slow mo. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's Reina what happens was, yeah. when you have Literally. a defender that far forward. It's like oh, <laughs> pass the ball. Yeah, that was that was really bad. That could have been a game changer. It could have. Crepo, I don't know if you saw that could just have been a three-two defeat. Crepo, despite allowing three goals, received a ten out of ten score from yes, who scored? Yeah. Or, uh, well, it should be yeah. Ultimately, sixteen saves versus three goals. You should be. I, 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 can see, ten. I can see nine point nine, but can you really you get a perfect score when your team loses? Ah, You've been really harsh tonight. A save percentage. Uh, it's what seventy percent usually for goalkeepers in 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 soccer or football. Seventy percent. You expect them to make seventy percent of the saves. No, it's got to be higher than that. I would expect because like ninety-five percent. No, when when you get when you get up to ten shots a a game, you uh, like on net on target. You're not expecting the goalkeeper to save every one of those. I'm I'm stuck in for. Wouldn't be expecting him to let three in. That's what seventy percent. Okay, fine, eighty percent, somewhere around there. Like over, uh, not just one game. I'm talking over a number of games. Ten shots. You're expecting about eighty. It's not Brian Robert. No. Actually, he made a pretty decent save, I think, this, yeah. this week or last week. <laughs> but He's also a nice fellow. Yeah, I think... Let, let's just put this game to bed. I don't want to talk yeah. any more, more about it. It was very disappointing. Yeah, I kind of wish I'd just watched the highlights. Or just basically Jake score and then 16 saves. <laughs> I'd have been happy just to see that. And thought we won one nil. <laughs> the funny thing is, in the post-game show, uh, they asked uh, asked the coach about the Max's performance. He goes, "I don't want to talk about Max's performance." Yeah, he said because, that in the scrums. Because he goes, because well. he, he, he knows that talking about Max's performance just means that the rest of the team was like crap. I saw a few people criticize him for that online today because he he's basically, I don't want to talk about individuals. Was a strange one. Also, the post-game scrum for Max. No one asked him. About the record. setting the record. Yeah. It was all this other stuff. I just thought that was kind of weird as well. But that that result... <laughs> I don't know if you know how loud you're drinking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that result left the white caps adrift at the bottom. I think... Mm. I, I'm I'm going to put my, my head on the chopping block here and say I don't think we're making the playoffs. <laughs> We're still in it. We're only 13 points out of the playoff places. There's still some games left. We're... See, I, it was okay to talk about playoffs yesterday because we were only 10 points yeah. out. So that, that, that today yeah. obviously T- makes Today that kind of ruined yeah. it. Damn you, Dallas. I just want the season to end, to be honest. I've got to say it's, it's at that stage now that you just want these games to play out. I don't know what we're expecting from these games because... MDS has said as long as they're still mathematically in it, they'll chase the games, blah, blah, blah. It's only going to be the next couple of weeks that it's surely going to be over. Montreal midweek got Wilmer Cabrera in. in oh, you, I know. you heard about his move. <laughs> yes. You didn't hear about his firing, but you heard about it. Yes. That's a strange that one. That was a very strange one. Nick DeSantis left Montreal this evening as well. Wait, did he? I yes. did not hear that. Apparently, he didn't fancy the club liaison role, so he has now <laughs> departed 
as vice president, I think it was, of Montreal. Now, him and, of course, Mark DeSantos are very friendly. He was sporting director, amongst the many other things that he's done at Montreal. Well, when you're related to the owner in that way. Is it beyond the stretch of imagination that he could be the guy that comes in as sporting director? That would be awful. Well, I thing, agree. But, but, that, but w- that would be if, horrendous. If they're saying a global search. I don't know why I said it you know how It would be horrendous. You know, so. say how Quebec, Quebec is the Europe of North America. Yeah. So that would be counted as a global search. No, no. That would be terrible. Are we too French? No, no, it, that doesn't matter. There would be a, a horrible choice in Portuguese. L- look, look at look at his look at his record. Look at his track record in that role in those various roles. He won and, three championships. And look at how the, one is a player, one is a coach, one is a sports. And look player. at how all the all the people want him out there because they like the fans chased him out. And he, the only reason he had a job is because he was like he was like married to someone who's. Uh, from Joey's family. We're still talking about Montreal here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's not like that would happen in Vancouver. It's not like someone in Vancouver Vancouver. could have their job because they're related to someone higher up or in ownership. That would never happen. That would be nepotism. That would not be stupid. No one would tolerate that. And no one would ask questions about that. (laughs) Steve's just shaking his head. Let's have a look around MLS. Mainly the West, a little bit of the East. It was rivalry week. I, I loved... MDS's comments about, yes, San Jose is not a rivalry. <laughs> Toronto, Montreal, Seattle, Portland. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Did he say that? Mm-hmm. Why, why does he care? Every game's the same? <laughs> why was he, is he cheating <laughs> he you? Was gonna, he was cheating you? Good. Was he cheating you? No. Mm. He was just been answering the question about rivalry week. Well, if, if he cares that they're not a rival, then he should care about who the actual rivals are. Yeah. I say that in well, all due respect because I do I do. Let's look at I do two of our big rivals who met. Sounders won the oh, Cascadia Cup. Oh, please. Six-time winners not, now. We, yeah, let's the not talk about The same as the Whitecaps. Well, oh. I, let's not talk about that then. Let's talk about the big talking point leading up to the game, which was the, oh. the sound of silence. It was. Did you watch? Or BC Place on a midweek night, if you, if you want to call it that way. <laughs> did you watch? I didn't because... Well, I, watched the, the, I watched the first 30 minutes. The computer that I, I the took game. over to the island with me started playing up and I couldn't get any browsers to open, so I didn't get to watch it. Yeah, they basically. I don't know who the ESPN commentator was, but he basically downplayed it. Yeah. Um, oh said, yeah. And they apparently said, mic'd he, up he even, other bits of the crowd. He even he even said oh, so, he even said some of these people might not even want to do it. They're just forced to do it or something. They feel. Oh, obligated. did he say that? I didn't he said, hear that. He, he made that connotation so, in I, saying it. One of the comments I read that they made was, "Oh, it's a very complicated subject. We can't get into what the iron oh, yeah, means." Yeah, yeah. And someone retweeted that saying what it was in nine words it went nine words it's not that difficult yeah. yeah but I thought it was quite effective and I saw some videos on Twitter of people when the noise came and everything and the difference and oh everything. yeah it was like a lot of people were saying it's not fair to the players because they're playing in silence the players came out and supported the players yes. to do things so I'm pretty sure they it seemed like your whole organization oh did. yeah and Zarek, both organizations, yeah. they had both organizations. Yes. They're tweeted. They, yeah, no, but now they just tweeted. There was a lot of flags. The, fl- the, 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 the well. little banner, the banner thing, yes. the banner, the banner that they trade before the game. Both of them said anti-fascist, yeah. a- anti-racist. Aha. Which is a bit of a screw you to MLS. Although the always Seattle was bigger writing, I noticed in theirs than anything about anti-fascist and anti-racist. Oh. But the Seattle fans had iron flags in and they were waving it towards the end. How they smuggled it in, no, I they got, they got kicked out. Or they got, 
Well, they had they had them and they were waving. They, they, so they, they also there was uh, one uh, one of the uh, tifo. She uh, she was wearing um, not tifos. The what do you call them? Capos. Yeah. Uh, one of the capos. Uh, she was actually wearing a dress with the. Uh, the you you can wear it on your clothes. Yeah, apparently yeah. you're allowed to wear it on your clothing. Yeah. Zarek and she she had it fully. No, she had the full like dress like though from the top to the bottom. Yeah. The, the Timber's capo? Yeah, Timber's yeah. She had, I think she had spikes I forget, or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember her name. Yeah, I don't remember her name. She's awesome. I guess what I saw them getting waved to the Pacific FC games yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, yeah, they had them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was allowed. It was fine. Yeah. Oh, it was well, a trident. I wasn't sure. It was one or the other. Well, they, uh, I, well, I don't know in the stadium, but I know online I saw them, people yeah. changing the trident into the three downward Three downward tridents. Oh, world. I thought you were a downward dog. I, you know, I did as well, but that's what happens when you're married to a yogi. So, yeah, they won, blah, blah, blah. There was another barn burner tonight, the LA Derby. I don't know if you guys got to yeah. see it. I yeah. had to fast yeah. forward through it because I was busy with doing UBC stuff and watching Walking Dead. Can we go back to this? Yeah. So what's going to happen? We're talk about it a minute. Sorry. No, no, not the game. What's going to happen with the issue? Because now there's all this talk about some other stuff happening in other stadiums and uh, like they're they're banning all kinds of things that have been in stadiums for a long time. Oh, are they? Yeah. Someone tweeted at, at the Curve Collective account today saying because some... Some, oh, uh, your fist? Yeah, someone said there's some stadium where they're told not to, they're not allowed to put up a thing with a fist on it. Boy, that's really stupid. <laughs> it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to get pretty interesting. I, I'm going to get Don Garber on the phone. I'm going to ask him his views on fisting. <laughs> and we'll, we'll bring you that in next week's show. But yeah, the LA Derby. That was a yes, I, 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 I didn't have the sound on because I was hanging out with my, my kids when I were playing a game. But we had it on and it was crazy. Zlatan again. Vela. Really not happy. No. When he got subbed off. I, I mouth read uh, fucking bullshit, fucking shit, a uh, few other choice words. I didn't know your in. Spanish was that good. It's fantastic. His English is also really oh, good as okay, well. Right. He did seem to have a, talking of tightness, that seems to be the thing in the show tonight. He had the ice pack on, but he really wasn't happy. No. Of course he, he had to score because 27 goals this year, he's got to score. That was an absolutely fantastic game. Crazy game. And... You realistically, I think Manuel Veth actually tweeted this out, but I had the same thought. Realistically, LAFC could smash all these regular season records and the Galaxy is going to knock them out of the playoffs. It's made for this. Yeah, yeah. That this is what's going to happen. So we'll, we will see what happens there. I mean, they lost to RSL last year in the playoffs, so it's not impossible. Yeah. Texas Derby happened too. Yeah, oh, yes. We'll, we'll rattle through the rest of these. That was a trouncing of Houston yeah. 5-1. Boosted Dallas's playoff hopes. Pretty much, and they're in the coffin for the Dynamos with how tight it is. And oh, Jesus, love that good guy. Goal, good goal by him. RSL though, they continued the, their good form. Two 0 win over the Dick Plague ridden Colorado Rapids. Not a good week for Kai Kamara. No, no. Banned from playing for Sierra Leone for unknown reasons, but oh, players have come out speaking and, his mind. Players yeah. have come out and supported him. Sent off for a studs-up tackle. When I first saw it, I was studs like... Studs-up tackle or going for the ball? It, it, it was so it hard was to tell. It was a studs-up tackle. Yeah. And to me, yeah, it was just a clumsy he was going for the ball. I think that was a harsh red, I've got to say. But that was the 89th minute. And then RSL got the two goals. Yeah. 96th minute from the spot. 99th minute. They're second now in the West. That is incredible. The Mike Pepke effect. And I think they've won 11 of the 13 uh, Rocky Mountain Cups or whatever they call yeah. them there. So. Yeah. 
On Thursday night, Good record there. KC beat Mini in whatever weird derby that is. E money, Midwest e money, e Midwest money. derby. Let's go with that. Yeah, E money. Eric fucking Hitardo was a phrase that I've said a lot here over the years. Weird way you said Hurtado there. I know. It's the, the way Hurtado came up. Oh, that's what he's doing to me now at KC. He's he's a different man. Yeah. He's, he's like I say, his well, surname's different as well. Who, who, made, who made the pass to him? That made the guilt? Oh, my, my Johnny. 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 Uh, oh, Michael. He's going to come here. And Carlos Vela. I'm going to get in touch saying, you're, you're disrespected in LAFC. You need to come and, and be with your old assistant. And I think he'll do that. Quickly in the East, TFC beat Montreal in some Canadian derby. I don't recognise that. They came back from one down. They've, they're looking did you see, pretty good for the playoffs, I think, now. Did you see the goal? The goal yeah. from Montreal? Oh, yeah. Nice goal. Yes, it was. You get what was you pay it? for there. Yeah. That was, that was, yeah. Little passes. Quality, New York Derby. We'll just wrap the section up here. NYCFC. Dead Bull lost, right? 2-1 winners. Yes. Yeah, over Red Bulls. I mean, I don't like Man City Light, but <laughs> it's, a, it's well, a lesser of two it, evils. Really, is it? Yeah, no, it is. Ronald McDonald Manterita, Matarita, some kind of Rita, got sent off in stoppage time. He will not be making the, the trip next week, but you have to think they're going to bring a full-strength team to BC plays because... One point separates the top three now in the East. It's very, very tight. And uh, that team does not include DC United. Uh, uh, Wayne Rooney, just want to mention, had a really rough week this week. Oh, yes. Uh, got sent yeah, off. Yeah, an elbow for an elbow, smash. Got mentioned in the papers, uh, hanging out with a woman. What, how old was she? I don't know. She was young, apparently. She was young. It was in Vancouver. Oh. It was actually oh. reported in the Vancouver papers and then broadcast in England. How did I miss this? Yeah, I'll show it to you in the in the break. Oh, let's and, see if you recognize the girl. Uh, no, they didn't show pictures. Oh. It was just a like kind hanging of, out, like signing autographs. No, at the bar after. Apparently, DC United partied well into the night on the Saturday night. Well, you here do in that. After a well, you do that when you have twelve yeah, hours of yeah, travel the next day. So I thought he wasn't drinking anyway. Oh, I don't did say he was no, drinking. He was true. chatting that's up true. somebody shouldn't, though. Shouldn't cast aspersions. I'm just looking forward next weekend to speaking to Gary Mackay Stephen. He's played three games against East Fife. There you go. Yeah. So that will be on next week's show. We'll just be talking. Is about next that. week still going to celebrate like the Cosmos, the, the win over the Cosmos in the semifinals? They, they're going to celebrate. We'll that? be celebrating it in our right, 1979 right. section. That's coming up in part three. But in part two, we're going to be back with some Mad Hat McGore and swearing. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. So we'll tell you shit that nobody else knows I sit and pick a lick my nut till the day that hell throws You got me sussed inside out and right round And right now I sit and rhyme loud laughing Try to fight frowns, it's all about the beats Music comes first using my boss, I use it like I'm new to this earth And prove what I'm worth, I rep it till I'm losing a boss Last look at the nurse before I'm putting my hearse I don't know what you want to hear so I'm babbling shit Been away a little bit but now I'm back in the mix I've missed the banter with my tan and the drink When I left I was down, now I'm laughing and shit So what do you want to hear that I'll live for the night I can't be fucked making beats that I'm sick in my life that I'll what I move away or that I'm picking a fight I can't sit and tell you that because I'm living it right But I know When you feel like your world's come crashing down Crashing
Can what I mean? Madhat Gore with Tell Me from his 2012 Wonderland album, available as a Name Your Price download on Bandcamp. That completes our Artist of the Month Scottish Rap, or does it? No, it does not, because we've got a special wavelength from some Edinburgh rappers coming up in part five. You won't want to miss that. But yeah, Mad Hat McGore there, who I do feel should become the official rap artist for Vancouver Whitecaps. All these MLS teams are getting them now, so he should be the guy that, that does Whitecaps stuff. So that was Tell Me. So, tell me, who can come in and turn the Whitecaps around? Players-wise, I'm talking about, obviously. You see signs of hope and a turnaround one week, and then you get a performance like the one against San Jose, and... It kind of just shows you how much they need to do to be truly competitive in this league. Let's be honest, as I said, San Jose, not a good team. Two games now where we've given up so many shots against them, it's embarrassing. I don't know, though, how big of a rebuild this needs to be in the off-season. It's like, the more that this goes on and the more you see the current group of players, it feels like we're needing... Some big, big additions. I'm not just talking big, big names, but some possibly another overhaul or no. I don't think an overhaul. I would go. F- I'm thinking four, three, three different ma- difference makers, two more starters, and then just fill out the bench. Sweet. Wait. And some of these guys that are starters currently are going to have to move to the bench. Like for example, a Rose or a Tybert are not yeah. going to be starters. Rose they has could, got a contract but, for next year. But as they, well. so does Freddie Montero. Um, but but yeah, uh, but. <laughs> But they they can move to the bench, right? Rose and Tybert mm. off the bench are decent players or, or spot starters. They're okay. You don't want them to be starting every game. That's the issue. But so you need a couple of starters in the midfield, a couple of new attackers, and maybe a right back. And I think you're good to go. So it's just somebody half, could challenge just have a starting game. lineup with three true designated players. Well, I say even you two, said three two, DPs and two starters. Two designated no three difference makers. Three, I said three. Sorry, three so DMs. The DMs. I three right, DMs. Sorry. Um, the, it could be two D- DPs and one Tam, for example, right. and then three uh, difference makers and then two other starters. Two, you need, two, five, two, you need five starters. Yes, essentially. Right. I I don't think that's an overhaul because I think a lot of these guys like Bear, for example, would go to the bench. Yeah. Um, and then like I said, the two midfielders, and so I don't think it's a complete overhaul, but it's a significant change. It's, it's significant. Not a, it's yeah. not a it's not a tear down. It's more like a building up. Steve Steve Glass Steve's glass is obviously half full. It should be because the anything could change from year like to year. Emptied it pretty much and, earlier on, part one. And anybody, anybody who watched San Jose last year didn't expect them to do what they're doing this year. No, or so why can Yeah, second, so, second. So why can't another team be able to do that? And if Vancouver does spend like they're saying they're going to spend, Let, let's see where San Jose let's finishes. See let's see where RSL finishes before we trouble that too much. But the but big, the, the big tr- difference in San Jose you can is the, you can see is where the they coach. finish. You can see where they finish, but they have turned it around the, compared to last year. The big difference in is San Jose is the coach. He wasn't even on the sidelines yesterday. Right, but he's the one who has changed. Has installed from, something. Yes. yes. Yeah. Now, MDS obviously hasn't been able to have that kind of impact because the whole squad has been new. See, they or made, sorry, 21 players see, left. See, and, see the difference is with San Jose and Vancouver. San Jose made the changes previously, year, but they didn't have the right coach. Mm. Maybe Vancouver's got the right coach. They didn't make the right changes. And that if they can do both, then you got it something else. Oh, so yeah, he has brought in at least one guy. The 10. He brought in the 10, right? Well, White Whitecaps made a new addition to the squad this week, and it probably caught people by surprise because MDS has said it's going to be a new face. That set people on Twitter looking at, oh, who's the free agents, Canadian and stuff, because mm-hmm. it worked out it was a domestic when we traded our 
last international spot to the Seattle Sounders. But, yeah, residency alumni and current development squad member, Georges Mukalumba. Hey, you pronounced that wrong. It's Flounders. He signed a homegrown deal. He became the 19th player from the academy to sign a homegrown contract. Although you can probably count the ones you'd class as being truly successful here on one hand. Maybe just even a couple of fingers. There's Russell Tybert. Alfonso Davies. Alfonso. Theo. Yeah, that's damning. Well, let's hope George is a bit different. Had a good chat with George on Thursday and you can read the interview we had up on AFTN. I'm going to probably put it in a extra podcast somewhere down the line as well just for, for people to listen to the, the full interview. People remember him from preseason this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's an interesting prospect. He... Went away to Hawaii, went away to uh, California as well. He's, what a, like he can play right wing, he can play right back. And he prefers to, to be in the winger role, but they did have a look at him kind of in right back. If they do manage to convert him into a fully blown right back, an attacking wing back, something like that, he would be a rarity of an actual defender brought through from the academy. Academy, yeah. Because that seems to be a big gaping hole that we've had over the years. But he, he's a very attack-minded. Still got a lot to learn. MDS will readily tell you it's, it's a work in progress. But I think he would look good in a three-five-two. Mm. I think he's a couple of years away from probably being first-team ready. But he showed some good glimpses pre-season. Crashed one off the bar against LA Galaxy. So mm-hmm. I mean, that was all good. Might see him converted like Brett Levi's from a wing role into a full-back. That seems to be it for the signings this season, though, barring somebody falling on their lap that we didn't know about before the roster freeze happens this week. The previous new boy, before Mukalumbwa, was Canadian at the other end of his career scale, veteran forward to St. Ricketts, tossed to his friends. I, just, I don't like that. I'm it's because you're just, British. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with to St. Talked last week about what he can offer the team, and we've not had a lot of chances to see him, but we got a little bit of a longer glimpse half an hour yesterday. Hard to glean much from that, but he did have a couple of good moves, and there was the the run he had that kind of led to a spill later on. But I'd like to see him getting probably a, a proper run out in one of the next coming games coming up. Possibly maybe even getting the start against Montreal. He'd certainly look lively against DC as a sub. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to catch up with him at training this week just to do one of these things which I love to do, a career retrospective with him, just reflecting on where he's been. He's had such a varied and interesting, well-travelled career. I've really enjoyed this interview. Yeah. Hope you do too. Obviously, you've got a very interesting career, very well yeah. travelled. First thing I guess to, to ask you is, it's been a, a bit of a, a whirlwind for you coming here. You, you kind of said last week that you heard you flew over right away. Do you feel a bit more settled in now? Yeah, I mean, um, everyone's been great. They've been accommodating to me very well. Um, I'm getting settled in quite fast and uh, the transition was quite easy, to be honest. It's a league that you know as well, very well. I mean, coming back to it, was it something that you always thought you would end up back here? Yeah, I mean, when I left Toronto FC, 
Um, I left because I, I, I desired more in terms of consistency, in terms of playing time, in terms of just, you know, basically just giving myself the chance. And um, so, you know, I, I decided to go to other clubs and it didn't work out to get to an MLS team. So I decided to go to Lithuania where I could get minutes, get goals and just uh, just show that my value, you know. I mean, when you came to TFC, it was kind of weird for a lot of us because it was the first Canadian team that you'd, that you'd been with. What made you come to MLS at that time of your career? Well, I mean, I ran into a few unfortunate situations in in uh, Europe. Uh, I had three clubs that didn't pay me on time, and I had to, you know, fight for my wages, and I had to do a lot off the field. So it kind of affected on the field as well. I think it's only natural, so... It just became a point where I just wanted to come home and basically just see what I can do on this side of the pond. So you're well-traveled. You, you were at college, you came out of college. Of all the options that were available to you, how did you end up in Finland? Well, I mean, during that time, I don't know, MLS wasn't the number one choice for, yeah. for players in, in my generation at that time. And my only goal was to get to Europe you know get to anywhere possible so after university I went on uh, I think two trials and I almost signed in Norway for Lillstrom um, but they ended up picking another player at the time and then so I went to Finland and signed um, two weeks after. So looking at where you've been so you've been to Finland you've been to Norway and a lot of Canadian players they kind of end up in Scandinavia a lot of them end up in Germany how did you end up in Romania? Uh, yeah, so we got, my Finnish team got into Europa League uh, due to fair play. And yeah, we, uh, we made a nice run. I think I scored six goals in five games and three of them were in the two legs against the Romanian team. So right after my season ended in November, they were at mid-season and they signed me mid-season. So that was the that's how I got there so I mean you've been to Turkey you've been to Israel as well of all those travels that you've done what, what's been your favourite experience or your favourite country to live in that's a tough that's a tough question because each country I've learned so much and I learned so much about the culture and each country is special in their own way and they moulded me into the person I am today um, although things within football weren't the greatest I really I, I liked Turkey it has a strong culture. It's a culture you can't really hide from. You're you're kind of dropped in uh, without like yeah, you're dropped in the deep end, you know. <laughs> and you know, with the language barrier, not many speak in English. It was something that built my character a lot. I had to learn how to uh, basically survive in uh, in conditions that weren't that I wasn't accustomed to. But I mean, I think of that, and then Israel was amazing too, just because of all the historic background they have there um, yeah I think those are my two favorites Turkey and Israel I mean talking of the language and you kind of touched on this in your scrum last week that you had a Russian coach and he didn't speak English how difficult is it for I mean do, what languages do you speak do you speak anything else apart from English yeah, I mean I speak English I understand uh, a lot of Romanian oh, wow. my girlfriend is Romanian ah. um, Spanish I understand completely I speak okay um, yeah, that's been Russian. I mean, has that been the kind of toughest thing with playing in all these countries? Is it is it the language, or is it just trying to fit in with a new culture? Um, yeah, I mean, in some of the countries, I'd say half the countries I played in, 
the coach at least spoke a little bit of English. In Turkey, the coaches didn't speak English, which made it very tough for me to get that connection with them and to completely understand what they want from me. And it was the same type of situation in uh, Lithuania where the coach only spoke Russian. So um, it's hard on the field during trainings and just basically the coach relaying his message to the player. So that's the biggest difficulty in that. TFC ended up there. I mean, you were there the best spell of their, their whole history. Yep. That season where you kind of won everything, I mean, very easy to argue best ever team in MLS. LAFC might have something to say about that going forward, <laughs> I guess. But, I mean, did it feel special at the start of that season that you had something there that you could go and do all this stuff? Yeah, I mean, the way we lost last the, the previous season, um, I don't think Seattle had a shot on target that whole game. Yeah, and that was one of the most boring cup finals ever. Yeah, <laughs> but keep in mind, it was also minus 20. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But um, just the way, it just left a sour taste in our mouth the previous year. And when we came back the following season, everyone was on a mission, you know. We didn't want to have that feeling again. And it just seemed like everything was clicking. The chemistry was in the locker room was perfect. Um, and with the additions of Victor Vasquez and some key players, it was it was like a perfect storm. And I know you're a striker. You want to be a starter. But the role you played in TFC, it was just so crucial to them. Your goals per per minute, I think it was a goal every 148 minutes you had for them, which is incredible at any top level. Do you enjoy that role? I know you might be a, a starter, but do you enjoy coming off the bench and changing games up and being the hero and the, the match winner? Yeah, I mean, when I first came in, I knew my role. I mean, I'd be battling giants, the likes of Josie Altidore and Sebastian Javinko. And the, the first the first couple years it was it was great you know I was I was happy with the role I was getting consistent minutes which was important because I knew coming around the 70th minute I'm warming up I know I'm gonna get in get my chance and um, I just kind of made it my job to provide something in the match whether it's providing a spark whether it's pressing the back line whether it's getting those crucial goals but as the time wore on and things started to not go so well for us, the consistency in my minutes went down and I felt like I owed it to myself to get into a new environment where I can have a chance at being a starter. How hungry are you still for this game? Now that you're back in Canada, are you like, you know, maybe want to just see my career out here? Or do you still have a hankering to go back to Europe? To go back to Europe? Yeah. Um, I'm open to all options, as you can see yeah. in my in my, um, in my my career, but I'm, I'm so happy to be in Canada. It's... It's a, it's a relief for me where I can just come to training and worry about only football, you know. Yeah, you know um, you're getting paid, you've not got the language thing. Everything outside of football is taken care of here, and, and that's, some, that's a luxury I never had in my career. And I think a lot of players, even in MLS, they, they don't know how difficult it can be in some of these environments like Turkey, where you, you have to even do your own physio at times, you know. Oh, wow. These are, these are things that players in MLS that haven't experienced it don't think about and I don't take those things for granted I, I appreciate the environment I appreciate the good football pitch I appreciate the, the the lunch and the you know all the little things so I mean being back here is it's it's good mentally for me and in terms of the national team has John Herdman chatted with you about where your future lies with them you still obviously want to play internationally I, I would take it you've 
of course. I'm, I'm always open to, you know, put on that, that Canada jersey. Um, me and John Herdman, we speak, we speak often. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good relationship between us. But um, right now, you know, there's a lot of quality strikers in quality environments at the right age as well. So as much as I want to be there and as much as I want to still provide for the national team, which I think I can, it's ultimately up to John Herdman to make those decisions. And um, But I know the, the future of the program is, is doing quite well, and um, I'm just always there waiting for the call. That's great. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thanks. So, I know you guys, or Zach, had certainly heard some of those stories from Toussaint, but I, I was like wow it's like crazy crazy stuff the stories he has to tell of his European adventures the, the physio stuff I don't think I heard about the physio yeah, yeah I didn't hear about the physio either I knew, I knew in Romania was the one where there was a big issue with the club he was playing with that they I think they even they almost dissolved it or yeah. something like that he, I knew he was not getting paid and that's what was the primary reason he came back it was a place where he knew he was going to get paid and that worked out for him in Toronto yeah see so many young Canadians they they see the, the football on the telly from Europe and they think it's a home of football. That's the place that they should go and, and, and play over there. And for some, it is. For some, it works out. Some countries, it's great. If you're in one of the big countries... Yeah, like a Germany. Yeah, that's going to be great. Scandinavia, that's where yeah. a lot of the young Canadians go. Even if you're in another kind of footballing country where it's the main sport, if you're a footballer in a, a team in a town, you're going to be quite a, a big deal. I mean, even... My club, East Fife in Scotland. Oh, yeah. You play for East Fife, you go to a nightclub after the game. Oh, you're a footballer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've heard that about some Canadian players that they, they'll stay in smaller leagues in Europe just because they enjoy being having that kind of big fish in a yeah. small pond kind of lifestyle. Because footballers, it, it just has this mystique about it. And like girls like footballers. Girls <laughs> dream about being wags and all that nonsense. The reality, though, is the vast majority of players that go overseas will end up in the lower leagues of some weird and wonderful place like to Saints being in Romania, Lithuania. Israel. Maybe not a weird and wonderful no, place, sure. but yeah. Right. Weird. <laughs> it's a wonderful place. With all that comes uncertainty of Settling in a new language, new culture, sometimes not getting paid, as he said there. All the off-the-pitch battles, maybe not being able to connect properly with your teammates or the coach. So it's not as glamorous as many think, and I think that explains why some players like Ricketts, they end up bouncing around so many clubs. Like, when you see White Cats making signings, and like, wow, this guy's been here, he's been here, yeah. he's been here... This probably explains why, and and because it's the number one you know team there. I mean, it's a sport there in Europe and a lot of countries, and there aren't very many. I don't think guaranteed contracts or anything like that. Multi year contracts, you're going to have a lot of turnover because only one team can win, right? Yeah. And so you're going to as soon as some team doesn't win, we th we think uh, number of changes here are big. There they probably oh, like yeah. overturn teams like regularly. Yeah, they, just, they do have multi-year contracts. They do have multi-year contracts, yeah, the but big, they're big not not in like a Lithuania or Romania. No. And they could break a contract like that. What are they going to do, right? East Fife used to just do one yeah. year, for it, example. Does it work? <laughs> the lure of Europe, though, it's always going to be there for some players. But now that we have the CPL, the number depart in these shores for these kind of weird and wonderful places should be less and less, you would think. Some will always still want to go over. 
we've seen a lot of our guys that's come through the Whitecaps residency forced to leave because there, there was nothing for them here. Many have enjoyed their experiences over there, but maybe some wouldn't have gone if they had had the chance to, to play for professional teams here that we have now. We're going to be talking to one of those players after the break. Hi, I'm Carl Valentine. You're listening to the AFTN podcast. Thanks, Michael. I, I really feel that I've got like Michael Jackson inside me tonight. Obviously, that's not the case. I'm about 40 years too old for him. But that was Gary Newman with his debut solo single, Cars There, released on August 21st, 1979. Charted this week in the UK. Had a lot of re-releases over the years. Got to number one in the UK three weeks after its release. Number one in Canada, June 1980. A little bit behind the times, but at least you caught up. So it is our 1979 review. No change in the UK charts. Cliff Richards, We Don't Talk Anymore, still the number one single. Best disco album in the world, still the number one album. In Canada, there was a new number one. Patrick Hernandez's dance classic, Born. Born. Born to be alive. Got to the top spot for the first of two weeks there. Of course, Breakfast in America was still the number one album. In the US, it was still a double for the knack in the albums and the single charts. Now, I thought there was no big movies released this week, but there was there, otherwise. There was one release. It was called Rock and Roll High School. It was uh, an American musical comedy film. Sure, Michael with, Jackson would have liked that one. Yeah, with a film feature, the punk group, uh, punk rock group, The Ramones. They did most of the um, soundtrack. Classic band. See right there. I'll show you the picture, the poster oh, there. I don't know. If I've, it I've actually was released on August 24th. Oh, sorry. <laughs> On the football pitch, the NASL playoffs were underway. The Whitecaps had finished the 30-game regular season with 20 wins and 10 losses. The playoffs had started on August 11th and 15th. No draws. No. Strange. Home and away against Dallas, or home and home against Dallas Tornado. We mentioned that two shows ago. The Caps came through that one with a 3-2 win at Dallas and a 2-1 win then at Empire. Next up, though, was a much tougher test against the LA Aztecs. Now, the way the playoffs were set up, the team with the lowest points total over the regular season played the first game at home. If both teams won a game, then a 30-minute mini-game would be played immediately after the second match, 
And that was what transpired in the games with LA. The Aztecs came away with a 3-2 shootout win in the first game in LA on August 22nd. Carol Valentine hit a brace to put the Whitecaps two goals up before LA fought back to tie it up in the last minute and then won the shootout to put the pressure on the Whitecaps in the second game at Empire. 40 years ago today, August 25th, 32,375 people packed in to see the Caps win a tense win at Empire. 1-0, thanks to an own goal at the start of the second half. And then that set up the winner-takes-all minigame. Only a 10-minute rest in between the matches. Kevin Hector grabbed the only goal with a header three minutes in. And the Caps were going to the conference final to face the mighty New York Cosmos. And that was 1979. Cool kids never do. We always have the time. Maybe that means we're not cool. I don't know. The 1979 squad was packed with Canadian talent, though, as well as obviously the big name stars. Ten Canadians in total on the squad. Yeah, arguably they were maybe just three key guys from that and Leonard Doozy, Buzz Parsons, and Bob Bolito. They were regular starters for the team. But when you look at the guys that came through the Whitecaps to the national team from the NASL days and then moving into the CSL, it, it was a good time for domestic players. And I guess we've got that again now. We've got so many Canadian internationals on the, the Whitecaps roster. Hopefully, the CPL is going to produce some Canadian national team players going forward. You've got some already playing there. Some players like David Edgars with Forge, Michael Petrasso's with Valor FC... Didn't speak to him yesterday. We, we asked for him. And well, did they, you actually yeah, ask for we, him? And then they brought him out and I was like, oh, sorry, I don't want to talk to you. And then just walked away. <laughs> In my head, that's how that would have played out. Yeah. But I don't think it would have gone. Down. He scored a goal. Yeah, it was a good goal as well. But, I mean, the CPL, it's a great place just now for young Canadian talent. And you're hoping that you're going to see many of these guys grow and then come on to be in the national team or, or whatever. We worked out yesterday that 12 players on the current Pacific FC roster have Whitecaps connections, and so many... That's it? I thought it was more. No, I, I thought more as well, but it's, it's 12, and that includes like Marcel de Jong and stuff like that. Oh, and then the coaching staff. Yeah, I'm just looking at the playing side. Yeah. A lot of players in the CPL have Whitecaps connections. Obviously, Pacific, as the BC team, or the only one for now, do have the vast majority of them. One of them is friend of the show and friend of ours, Ben Fisk. A guy I think we've probably watched since he was about 16 or 17. So we've been watching Ben for about 9 or 10 years plying his trade. And as we mentioned, Zach and myself were over in Victoria for the game yesterday. And it was great to see Ben. I caught up with him on Friday. I don't know if you got a chance to see him at all. Yeah, just briefly on Saturday, yeah. So he, he wanted to be here for the first CPL season because... He felt if he, if he came in year two, it wouldn't be so special. He's 26 now, one of the leaders on this very, very young Pacific FC team. And he's one of those players that he's had some good experience himself, like Tussain Ricketts in Europe, especially in Spain, most re- recently with Derry City in Ireland, where he really enjoyed that. And he's good what, at keeping secrets. Won, yeah. won a trophy. 
He's good at keeping secrets. I tried to ask him where he was playing next to, before the Dairy City, and he oh. wouldn't reveal it. Right. I even asked him, "Well, what kind of clothes are you going to wear? Are you going to pack? You going to pack uh, nice and summer clothes, or you know?" Well, I think that might have been because he did have a club that was possibly right. lined up in Scotland, and yeah. that fell through because yeah. he had said to me he was going to Scotland. Oh, okay. Obviously, I said East Fife, and he was like, "No, it's not East Fife. <laughs> he can still go back there. I'll get him there." Would he have gone to the CPL? If that was here back in the day, when he left the Whitecaps residency, when he left the Whitecaps, if the CPL had been here, would that have been it? Or would that have, would Europe still have been a lure for the likes of him and some of the other guys? I think Europe might have been a lure. Europe still would have been a lure. I think it might not have been as long, and he might have came back earlier or something yeah. like that. But I, I think he still would have wanted to go into Europe to experience that. Europe is the dream for everyone around the world in terms of playing football right now. Like Maybe that will change one day, but for... Uh, how, like, it's, it's been like that for like decades. And even if one of his former teammates, uh, Daniel Stanacy, I think he, I don't think he still wants to come back. Even though I don't think he's attached to a club right now, I'm not sure if he signed. Once, the once they get that taste yeah. as well and the lifestyle, they just enjoy everything. being yeah. there, right? Yeah. Well, that was one of the things I asked Ben when I caught up with him at Pacific Training on Friday, and a lot more beside a really good interview. This I enjoyed chatting with him. Let's hear what Ben Ten had to say. So Ben, I mean, we, we haven't spoken for a while, but you seem to be really enjoying life over here in Victoria. How, how's it been for you so far? Yeah, it's been uh, really special, actually, being, being close to close to family and friends and getting them over for games every week. And uh, yeah, it's just been, been a really cool experience to kind of help build something uh, unique and, and new and, and be a part of it from day one has been really cool. And like, when you were coming through the residency programme, Canadian players needed this so much. There was nowhere really for you to go. I know you had the tryouts with the, the Whitecaps and stuff, and then you, you had to go to Europe. If something like this had existed back then, do you think you would have gone for that right away, or was Europe something that you always wanted to do? That's a good question. Uh, I think Europe was definitely something I always wanted to try and do, and in hindsight, I think I don't, I don't really have any regrets, but I do think I would have liked to try and go a bit younger. Um, but it's, it's really tough to say because I think had this league been around uh, when I was young, that's kind of when I was, you know, when I was starting to dream and, and dream a bit bigger and, and stuff. So if I actually had this to, to look up to from a younger age, then I think, you know, there's, there's no reason why this wouldn't have been what I was uh, aspiring to rather than going overseas. And, and I am, you know, I'm a very kind of family focused guy and all that. So the opportunity to, to live out my dream close to home has always been uh, a really exciting one for me. And, and, uh, you know, I always kind of thought the only opportunity with that would be with the Whitecaps. But when this popped up, yeah. it, uh, it, you know, it created uh, a new opportunity. It's pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, the great thing about it is it's Canadian players that's filling the league. Do, do you tell some of these young guys they don't know how lucky they are? That I have, yeah. Yeah, I 100% have. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it, it's pretty awesome what we're what we're trying to do at our club in particular, giving all the young guys a go and... and uh, you know they're very lucky because at most clubs in the world they wouldn't get uh, these opportunities, and, and that's not to to tell them that they you know that they're not good enough to play in other teams or anything like that. But just to have a club that's focused on 
on developing young players and giving them opportunities um, and and full well knowing that that's going to come with with hiccups along the way and a lot of ups and downs I think is is incredible and it's going to bode really well for Canadian soccer going forward. Talking about ups and downs it's it's been a strange season for you guys you're such a young team has it been more difficult than you thought this year? Yeah, definitely, and and injuries have played a big role in that as well. Um, You know, there's been at times where where I'm one of the oldest players on the pitch, and that's crazy to me because I think I've I've still felt like a young player up until times this season. So, uh, yeah, you know, I I think I I definitely had had high expectations for us. I thought we were going to be fighting at the top of the league but there's no reason why we can't go on a little run now and, and be fighting for that at the end of the season So, the, the way the league's been with a split season in a lot of ways it benefits some teams because if you do have a bad first season you can at least bounce back when you've got a team though like Cavalry that's been running away with the league does it make it even more difficult not, to, not so much to stay focused because obviously you're going to focus on every game does it make it tough? Um you know, I think I think Cavalry have done quite well, but I also think they're they're very beatable. So I think it's just they they've just shown a level of consistency that the, the rest of the league hasn't been able to match yet. Um, but I think you've seen in the fall season that they've been a little bit more. Uh, even when they have win, they've, they've showed more kind of weaknesses, and other teams are showing. Uh, yeah, actually, maybe it's not Cavalry's weaknesses, but other teams showing a bit more consistency yeah. themselves and, and e- evening out the playing field a little bit. So, I think uh, as the season goes on and, and finishes up, I think you'll see that continue to happen in that kind of trend. And then uh, moving into next year, I think you know I don't think they'll be on top again. Yeah, that's yep. no, and that's no disrespect to them, but that's no, just that, well, I, mean, I think the improvement of the rest of the league. Oh yeah, I mean they yeah. had the big benefit that they had all their guys together exactly, for so yeah. long. Whereas I know so many of these guys have played with each other, but not for a while. Some of them, exactly. Like you, yeah. You've probably known some of these guys, but did you play with any of them before here? No, the only ones I'd played with actually were Marcus a couple times with the national team, and. Uh, and Marcel, <laughs> I didn't, yeah. all the young guys were, were a bit too young for me to have, uh, have played with. So, um, you know, yeah, it's it's it, it is what it is. Calvary and, and Edmonton as well, to an extent. You know, those yeah. are teams who they had a bit of a core group of guys that that had played together for you know a year or, or two years or, or or through their youth uh, youth teams. So. It, it is what it is, you know. They had maybe a little bit of a head start, but like I said, I think you see the league evening out a little bit now, and and I think what's been really nice to see is each team kind of finding their own identity and 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 really kind of coming into their own in, in the way they want to play. And and uh, yeah. When did the interest from Pacific first kind of come for you? You'd, you'd finished over in Ireland with Derry. Were you, were you back home at that point? No, I was actually. Um, I was staying in Derry. I was. Uh, I'd been offered a new contract there, and I was kind of mulling that over. Um, and then, uh, as that was going on, the manager that had brought me in, and, and I got along really well with Kenny Shields. He got sacked, um, so I kind of just stuck around there to to see who the new manager was going to come in was and uh, I didn't want to sign on and uh, not really knowing what I was getting into so um, it kind of just worked out that during that time Rob reached out to me um, and it was, it was a very tough decision because I actually really enjoyed my time in Derry and, and I really loved just kind of the atmosphere around football in the UK and um, and that was kind of I'd worked really hard to to get that opportunity and and um, so it was a very tough decision to kind of leave that behind, but I thought that this was a bit kind of too good to pass up, coming and be close to home. And like I said, I think uh, to be in from from the ground level was pretty important to me. Um, I thought it was a pretty exciting opportunity to 
you know, e- even coming in a year later, I didn't think would kind of feel the same for me. I thought, um, yeah, to be in uh, from day one and, and, and help build it through the, the good times and the bad was going to be a, a really fun kind of project to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to David Clanahan a few months ago and he mentioned a lot of Canadian players, the older guys, like yourself as an old guy, it's like they're waiting to see how the league panned out. But, I mean, you've said it was important for you to get in. How, how's the reaction been in Victoria? I know I was here for the first game, great crowd. Looks like it's going to be a great crowd this weekend. But it's been a little bit dipping. I know there's been midweek games at 8 o'clock, which doesn't help yeah. a lot of folk. But how have you found just the whole vibe and the atmosphere for the club in the city? I think it's actually been, uh, it's exceeded my expectations. I think uh, even when we haven't drawn kind of the, the crowds numerically that, that we got in the season opener or we're hoping to get on Saturday, um, the crowds that have come are very engaged and very... Uh, they seem very passionate about it, which is which is pretty incredible for a brand new team. You know, there's no reason for them to feel anything more, yeah. a, any more allegiance than a casual fan, right? So I think um, just kind of feeling that the people are really buying into it, regardless of the the numbers that are here, has been really cool. Um, and then I think moving forward, uh, especially if we're getting better results, I think that's going to bring more people and. With the new stadium being built, that's another attraction. So um, yeah. for me, it's a bit of a, a snowball effect Like with, the, with how it's building in the city. Um, it's not going to be just instantly overnight filling a 10,000-seat stadium, you know. But, um, but the crowds that we have gotten, I've been impressed by. And, and like I said, just the engagement of, of them. And you know, walking around downtown, uh, around my house, I, I get recognized and stuff. And I never, I never expected that, uh, especially in the first year, you know. So um, it shows you that, that it is kind of a, a footballing town and, or a sporting town, and, and the people are really excited about it. So, The league in general then, I've, I've been surprised at how good it's been. I, I was really concerned because, like, you know these guys, and I know that here there was guys that you brought in that were playing the VMSL, and I'm thinking... Is that going to be up at the level? But it's, it's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, all you have to look at is is Cavalry knocking Whitecaps out of the Canadian Championship. Yeah. I think that, despite the season Whitecaps have been having, I think that uh, almost instantly kind of legitimized the yeah. league. In, they deserved in, it as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and the York against Montreal as well. They obviously got a bit yeah. unlucky not to go through, but uh, you know Montreal's having a better season than Whitecaps are, and and York, hundred percent should have beaten them that first game. It was just a silly mistake that. That cost them. So I think those games, um, they just put us on the map for the casual fan. I think uh, people who've, who've been watching a lot of CPL games probably were aware that the level was a lot better than, than people kind of had anticipated, myself included. Um, and then, yeah, and then those games for the casual fan that hasn't been following the CPL, they're like, oh, wow, like these kids can play as well. These guys can, can match up against the MLS guys. So You've had a few good results off late. It's a tight league. Did, is the belief still there that if you can go on a bit of a run just now, you can actually make it to the championship game? Hundred um, percent. I think, especially with with a league that's only seven teams, you're you, every few weeks you have an opportunity to pick up points against the teams that are ahead of you in the standings. So uh, almost every game from from here on out is kind of a six pointer for us. And and like you said, it is quite tight. So uh, all it takes is a little run, four or five wins in a row, or something like that, and and you're right up near the top. So. Um, I'm definitely trying to get that across to, to the guys in the team that, that maybe aren't thinking like that, that, that it really is still a possibility. It's not, uh, nothing's done, nothing's finalised, and, and with 11 games to go, it's all to play for. <laughs> Thanks so much. Right. Pleasure catching up with you again, great, Ben. Great I look to forward again, to seeing you tomorrow. Cheers. Yeah. Good luck.
He's Ben 10. Ben 10. Love that. Love, love, love Fisky. That, was what, the, 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 that team, there were some great chants in that team. Like oh, the, uh, uh, Caleb Clark I one. I those days. The Caleb Clark chant was fantastic. Bustos. Bo- Your Bustos. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there, were some, there, was, there were some really great chants. Yes, and Essa had a really good one too. I can't remember tonight. what it was, but I remember him having a good one. I was well. a great team though when you look back at oh, that they were, team. They were so dominant at age and level. Although those guys haven't made it with the Whitecaps, they've gone on most of them to have pretty good careers elsewhere and... Yeah. Or at least good experiences. And, and yes. that's the thing. I know you, people rag on the academy for not producing players, but those some of those players have gone on to different parts of the world. And, and that's have, what the White Caps will say. It's like, yeah. we're not just producing them for our first team. Yes, we'd like to and like to sell a few, but it's producing Canadian soccer yeah. players. And, to they, go and they are. They are to yeah. a extent, but it, it, they need to do better and elevate it even more. Yeah, but I mean... Ben's had kind of he's been in and out of the Pacific team this year, so he's not he's not been a regular starter. He part of that has been his uh, he hasn't always been fully fit. I don't think it's also Michael Solberg is still I think trying to find some flow in the team and just find some chemistry, and then other players are coming good at certain times. But he's got a few goals, and it's it's true what he said. The young guys today probably don't realise how lucky they are mm-hmm. to actually have a league of their own to play in. And I'm sounding like an old man here going, oh, back in the day. But some we know... Was that you as an old man? That was me as an old man. It's just my normal voice. Some we know, though, still harbour ambitions to be playing at a higher level. And who knows how this league will be viewed in the next five years. As you said, right now, Europe is still the place that these guys want to go. We've got around two months of the, the CPL season left to go. We took in the game yesterday. We won't go into too much of that. But what did you make of the game and the atmosphere at West Hills yesterday? They'd opened a new stand. Yeah. So it's the second biggest crowd of the season. 4,300, I think yep. it was, in the end. And the new the new stand looks fantastic. And finishing off the other ones, and you next year you'll have the final piece of it, which will take the capacity up to 8,000. But it, it looks a proper football. Pick. It's the best football stadium in all oh, the province. In the island. Of, in the province of British Columbia. Yeah. The, like, yeah no, Everyone it, holds it, up Swan Guard, but it's just one oh, stand. No, Swan. It might have a beautiful pitch, but that no. is not. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah okay. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm talking about the, the yeah, stadium. That, from actual, yeah. The, for everything, the stadium wise, yeah. West Hills is. The, the, the dog's And the location looks fantastic on the TV, yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the, no matter what the camera angle. Tra- traffic getting there from Victoria is a bit of a pain in the ass. Is it? Yeah. Oh. I missed my interview with Marco Bustos because of it in the, in the training the day before, but. It's too tight. Yeah. Um, no, the, the the turf is an issue, but uh, the, the stadium itself is is brilliant, and they've done a great job at, at it. Uh, I took in most of the game from the the new stand. Yeah, it, it was. It's. I mean, uh, the the supporters need to be in a stand like that where there's a oh, roof to have the roof. Yeah, yes, it was roof for the. the Zach and me both worked to stay at the sun yesterday. That was our yeah, main thing. Yeah, get out of the sun. Um, so I spent a little time with the supporters, but then yeah, no, it, it's a it's a brilliant stand. Uh, in terms of the game itself and the quality of play, uh, the first half left first a, a half bit to be desired. Yeah, it was not the football wasn't great, and it it was almost like they were too much fueling each other out and not. Uh, I don't. It These was are very, two teams that don't seem to like oh, each other as well. Definitely. Which is good because the the last game of the season is these two at West Hill, so I'm planning on going over to that on yeah. October 19th. 
Yeah, that, that could be That should be a good one. Tasty. Is that a midweek game? Saturday. No, it's Saturday. Oh, the Saturday. And of course, the Whitecaps season will be, be over. full flow with the playoffs at that time. Yeah. No, but it um, the second half, yeah, definitely. Was the quality was, was better, yeah. and it was definitely yeah far more exciting. But it wasn't just goals. It wasn't just sending off of players and coaching staff. Uh, the actual quality was better. So you saw like Bustos hit the post. Bustos made that great pass to put away. I forget which teammate in alone and before they screwed it up. Um, Petrasso hit the bar. He hit the bar. He scored a, a nice goal yeah. at, the near, at the near post. Um, and Marcus then, Haber scored with his first touch. Yes. Yeah. He showed. And there was he, some good delivery too. too he, showed well. his, yeah, he showed his. He showed his experience. Back. Yeah. I mean, all, all in all, it was good. I thought the the supporters and the atmosphere they generated just oh, yeah. was fantastic as well. I've only been there twice. They've won both games. So my message to Rob Friend or Josh Simpson is, fly me over every game. I'm happy to do that and be yeah. your, your little lucky charm. I'm 3-0, so... Well, fly us both over <laughs> then. But we'll, we'll do the heli-jet together. Sure. I We could do that. Well, yeah, I want to do that one time just to, to see what it's I like. still, I still have yeah, two tickets room. left, let's, yeah. Let's get us over there. Uh, Steve. Steve's not been yet. I need to take Steve. <laughs> Steve only goes first class. Oh, I said we, okay. uh, The trip over was great. Like, the, I, the whole day was a, it was a fun uh, day. Too many kids on the ferry for my liking. We did, we did uh, on the way there, we did that private lounge buffet oh, thing. Well, we the the $26 buffet? It wasn't that or much. the the thirteen dollar coffee thing? No, the the it wasn't twenty six, but the the breakfast oh, one you, is cheaper. Oh, you did the breakfast, breakfast yeah. one is cheaper. Yeah, yeah, Pacific buffet. We did that for the dinner one. It was I cannot recommend that enough. Quieter dessert buffet was fantastic. Yeah. My wife just shoved so many chocolate mousse cups. In the only face. problem was this: it was a breakfast buffet without any bacon. That what? was that was her. That was shocking. That is not right. No. This section of the show brought to you by BC Ferries. Yeah, and Hellyjet. <laughs> no, we, and we saw. Oh, they said they said it was orcas. We saw. We saw. But they were so small. So thing. yeah, it was. Some, <laughs> other, people, other people thought it was a, a dolphin or. I something. I just can't imagine somebody tuning into the show right now and no knowledge of what we're talking about <laughs> and just thinking, why are they talking? Away days. No, we we saw some whale thing. Yeah, I oh, remember what it was. I, I saw it last year when we were coming back from. Oh, the, it was great. Yeah, it was and actually the, out the, water. the best thing part about it last year was. We they were, the whales were closer to us, and there was like somebody that's you know over there spent a hundred dollars for the whale tour or whatever, and they were like way over there, and the, the whales are right here by the BC ferry. I saw one on Saturday at the game as well. I thought it turned out it was just Zach with his top off. Oh, what? <laughs> you, <laughs> it was um. Try to get back to football. Vi- Victoria, Victoria, though, was a great place to go. It's just like it's fantastic, lots of, yeah, and, and the weather there is always great. Pissed, and you would lots of restaurants when we were there. For oh, a was bit. it? Yeah, but. But I, it doesn't get that much. Work. I'm in love with Sydney. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and Sydney's in love with Take you. Take that, Dom Dwyer. <laughs> anyway, there was always going to be some growing pains in the CPL this season. And obviously hindsight's a great thing and you can see all these things. But the, the schedule and the travel has been a mess for pretty much all the teams. And should they have gone for so many games with so few teams so spread apart for this first season? Have they have they overreached? No, I think that's fine. It's it's a like we've said it before. This was the you know a run through. I I, I kind of think I think this is just like a they'll learn and it, hopefully they improve it. Yeah, if you get I think a couple, there's going to be a lot of feedback from the coaches from the ones if, that I've spoken to. It, it's not that, but the thing is, if they schedule it properly, if you get a West Coast team going to the East Coast, having them play two games at the East Coast that same week. 
And yeah. so they don't have yes. to travel as much. Exactly. And then you can come back or something. The yeah. Schedule like that. They got to figure something out better. But even when ca- Cavalry played Pacific twice within five or six days, yeah. well, they one still of us, went home and came back. Like, yeah, it, it, was, with, it was cheaper for them to do that. And they, like Tommy said, basically the players were going to get stir crazy because they're away from their families and... You know what football players can be like in BC when left to their own devices? I've, I've never understood that. I feel so much yeah. more relaxed when I'm away I, from the family. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I don't think that, that for. They need to get they need to get a hotel chain as one of their major sponsors. Yeah. Do you remember as, as do we? Do you remember Accent Inns when the Vancouver was in the USL? Vaguely, that I was like that was that was like the sponsor. They did all their wherever you went. That that's where and it, everyone coming here stayed in accents. And yeah. there's a lot of things I would like to get changed in the CPL, and one of them is refereeing. And I'm not <laughs> alone there because Rob Gale had a few choice words to say after the Fowler game, and we're going to hear from Rob Gale after these messages. Hi, I'm Marcel De Jong, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. go shown a knife there with blitzkrieg bop you'll probably think that was one of the songs i selected but no i was steve, steve selected that's because the movie i got i got the idea to do a ramon song i didn't want to do the ramones i want to find somebody different and i saw shown a knife i go let's play them and i didn't know they had connections yes to previous when band he sent me this i was like how does steve know about shown a knife shown a knife are very good friends of friends of the show sultans of ping fc they Featured on one of their albums in the cover, their friends, they toured in Japan and stuff with them. And Sounds of Ping FC have a song called Japanese Girls, which is all about Shonen Knife. Anyway, let's get on to some more CPL chat on the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Broadcasting from the unceded Muscovum Territory from the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. Broadcasting to British Columbia, Canada, the world and into outer space. Aliens on other planets are listening to this show right now. On the interwebs? Yeah, and wondering... And they enjoy the BC fairy talk. Yeah, <laughs> or they, want, they want to know more about the whales. I, I, I got a, a tweet in from uh, Moby Dick saying, more whale talk, please. Call me Ishmael. Yes. Anyway, enough blubbery talk. Something that's kind of as good as blubber sometimes, are the CPL referees, I feel. They have been pretty poor at times. And yesterday at the Pacific Valor game, it was a prime example of that. It was a referee who never really took a firm grip of the game. Then it got out of hand. Tackles were flying in. Elbows were flying in. Tensions were rising. One player was sent off, Matthew Baldissimo, 
Two coaches were sent off, one for each team. James Merriman was sent off. It was, oh, was it Marius? No, <laughs> no, no, it, it wasn't. Okay. So I, I talked to Marius. Did I tell you this? Yes. I, so I talked to Marius after after the, after the game. I don't think he'll mind if I if I say this, but he's, he's he's just like I was just like I came up to him. I was like I was sure that was you getting sent sent off, and he's just like I was like, did you say something? And he's just like he's like I always say something, and then he said, but when I do. Then I turn into the Homer Simpson meme, meme where I just disappear into the into the bushes, <laughs> and then the referee's like, "Merriman, you're out." <laughs> yeah. So he got he got Merriman in trouble. Yeah. Uh, maybe I, I don't, don't know. know. If, he could have been joking. Oh, I, don't, okay. I don't know. All I know is James Merriman was protesting his innocence. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know when me, you, and Ben Massey got the Red Sea coach in yes. trouble at Seattle because we were shouting stuff at the referee and he thought it was the coach <laughs> yelling at him. Yeah, me in a Scottish accent yelling at him, and he's going over to speak to the coach, and the coach is looking at us. No, Mer- and, then, and it was, we, we all put, raised our heads. It was, it was us. It was us. Merriman, uh, I just said to him, I said, I hope you don't get fined for this. I don't know. Do they fine? I don't know. Is, we'll, is find that, maybe, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe um, I don't know. Silverbauer, Silverbauer said, said said the exact same thing as Gail. He's like, we need better officiating. Yeah, I think most of the coaches, if you ask them, will say that. David Klanikin has talked about playing the Canadian way and, and letting stuff go in games and tackles flying in. And yeah, I'll be honest, I'll admit it, I do love that. But if I'm also being honest, it's probably not great for the players on a number of levels. One, injuries. Two, they go and play in other leagues then or other competitions. Voyager's Cup, the, the CONCACAF League. And then... Things like that aren't getting allowed and they're used to playing in that style. So it isn't ideal. As much as I love to watch all the the bluster of games and players kicking lumps out of each other, it really isn't great for the players of the game. And the lack of roster. You can't have people, yes. that many people sent off because yeah. you're not going to have enough yes. players. Something, something Haber talked about yesterday yeah. was yeah. his injury was made worse by the fact that the rosters are so small. Yeah. And that's something Rob Gale talks about as well. He he's a guy as we talked about. He was very pissed off at the refereeing in the CPL, especially yesterday in that game. He let rip on both on and off the record. His off the record one was even more hilarious. That was fantastic. It's a good thing you weren't recording like this. Yeah, because right I wasn't actually recording Boosty when I, when he came out of off the locker room. But this was the first chance I'd had to speak to Rob all season, and it's a guy I've spoken to over the years mm-hmm. when he was with the Canada at youth level. So we chatted a little bit about Saturday's game and the scrum, and then I got a few things to ask him afterwards. Here's what he had to say. Two good football teams, young. I thought we were the better football team today. We really controlled the tempo of the game and the possession. I thought they went a bit negative and, and tried to break up play and persistent fouling today. Um, and then when we went ahead, I thought there was only one result, to be honest. We've hit the post, we've hit the bar, we've had a breakaway. Uh, I think they didn't have a shot on target at home the first game with all the pomp and circumstance. We limited them to shots from distance. Then the big man comes on, obviously, you know, it's going to be difficult. We didn't defend that uh, and right after the goal. Um, but I feel like we've had it taken away from us today, I've got to say. Do you feel you should have had a penalty in the first half? <laughs> You've seen it. Right. Everybody who spoke to me, the opposition coach has just said the exact same thing to me. He's apologised for the referee and he's apologised because he knows it's a penalty. Might be a call for them later on if he gives the first one, he's, he's probably going to give the second one. But then the goal and the, and the penalty itself. I mean, if he walks down the street, that's assault. There's, I mean, what do you say? I have to say, and take one on the chin, he's killed my momentum of the team uh, with a very good away performance to dominate as we have done with the ball and the chances and everything else. I felt, uh, 
you know, and I, I'm furious really. We literally have had that game taken from us today. You definitely had more of the chances in the first half for sure. Is that second you... half we hit the post and the bar yeah, and had a breakaway. Yeah, yeah fair, <laughs> so fair, both fair, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, w- what do, you, what do you chalk that up to, aside from the official Was there, and the way Pacific FC maybe uh, broke up the play, was there anything else you might chalk it up No, to? that's what I thought. They broke up the play and, you know, tried to get about us. The foul count was unreal. Yeah. And they're very lucky to have men on the field, players leaving their feet in tackles. The, the 48 just tries to foul people, the yeah. Gonzalez boys. I mean, that's his game. And he stayed on the field. And then Baldissimo, who's one of the nicest lads you'll ever meet, he gets sent off. Two coaches get sent off. Yeah. You, I mean, what do you do? What do you do? I mean, at the start of the season, David Clanagan said he wants to like just play run and wants to play the Canadian way and like have these tackles flying in. But it's not good for the game, really. It's not because it's deciding results, right? I mean, it's look at how's that not a foul? <laughs> I don't understand how Marcus got away with that. And like I said, I felt they tried to, you know, disrupt us and bully us a little bit and they got away with it today and it's ended up costing my team a game that really we we controlled from start to start to finish other than the first ten minutes. And it's a big three points loss. What's your focus now going into the Yeah, we go Halifax on Wednesday, right? We had the two games. This is the third game in, in sort of seven. So it's been uh, tricky, but um, we gotta go again for Halifax and play that kind of brand of football. We're running out of bodies, honestly, the injury count was immense there. Um, so we got to regroup and get ready for a home performance and, and build off of the last one. Like I say, I feel like our momentum's been stopped. How has this season gone for you? Has it been a bit tougher than you were expecting? I think so. Uh, we've had a ton of injuries, an absolute ton of injuries in sort of key personnel. So after the first six games, we were three and three. We went to forge and we were in a great position, really, and we were up 86 minutes, two late set piece goals, and then we just had a string of injuries. So we, we used that kind of end of spring season to regroup. We've been very good since then. No. What, what about like, the, the CPL in general? Is it been better than you thought? No. Better than I thought. I yeah, thought no, I, I mean, I've worked with the Canadian and the young talent, so I knew it was going to be good in terms of the quality. I'm not surprised that we're, we're competing with MLS teams on our day or the CONCACAF teams. What, um, what has been tricky is the, uh, the travel. Uh, the schedule has been yeah. has been very poor, and we've been, you know, as you can look at it, five games in 15 to start, two games in 48 hours. We've we've been done on that, and it's cost me two ACL injuries to experienced players. So these are all the learning lessons. These are all the things that have happened, uh, and it's a learning experience for everyone, from us to the league, the schedulers, the officials, um, and the young professionals. Right? They've got to learn. You know, games like that, you you should win. You're away from home and you controlled it. You've got to grind out ways to win, and those are the the, the things that we're, we're seeing that have been a bit harder. And young professionals learning their trade, you have to be a little bit patient with it. That's great. Thanks so much for your time today. And good luck the rest of the season. Thanks. Thanks. He's the guy. Rob Gale, not not happy, blowing up a storm after the match there. But I always enjoy talking talking to Rob because he's just so honest and just gets things off his chest. He's certainly got his work cut out for him in, in Winnipeg right now, and. It feels like the top echelon, or the CPL's got like a top echelon of teams, and that's Cavalry, Forge. They met today. Forge won that quite quite handily. They're they're now top of the fall season well, standings, especially Forge because they're also in the elite three. Yes. Yeah. Well, Edmonton, you might also class as being one of the better teams in the CPL. I think. Whoa, 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 whoa. I know they're borderline, but it's definitely Cavalry Forge. They're, they're are, are definitely the, on that border of class. second to first echelon. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> the, the rest, though, are in the third echelon all, all on their own. And it's, there just seems a big gulf in the thing. And Valor have made some good additions. They've got a great attack. And it was good to catch up with Marco Bustos after the game. We're going to do a, a proper interview with him soon. But without the front three, front four that they've got, I think they'd be in an even worse position than they are yeah. just now, which is currently sixth in the fall season. Pacific leapfrogged them with, with the win on Saturday. Defensively, they seem very poor. Depth just doesn't seem to be there. But as Rob said there, they've been hit with injuries, much like Pacific. They had five games in 15 days to kick off the season, which is brutal for any team and absolutely ridiculous. It's been a crazy time injury-wise for Pacific as well. Marcel de Jong went down pre-season. They've been dropping like flies since. And then yesterday was the first time they've had a full squad to pick from, de Jong aside, basically since the season started. And that's another thing. I think that the league needs to look at increasing the squad size from 23 players to, I don't know what, but they need to increase it. Especially if you're having such a brutal schedule and all the travel. The danger with that, of course, is, and Valor, I've talked about them not having maybe quality and depth, you'll then find that in all these other teams. You'll get the likes of maybe Cavalry and Forge snapping up the better talent. So I'd like to see an increase, but are you going to water down the product as a result? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a fair question. Yeah, it all it all depends on. Well, these things aren't super transparent at the moment, right? So we don't know exactly what they're spending on the squad, which plays into that, right? I know, and, that, and that's part of the reason. That. Part of the reason why they want a smaller squad yeah. so they can spend less. Uh, I should have asked Tommy when he was talking about oh the big difference in salary cap. What is your salary? Can, yeah. you, can you just suppose? It's supposedly it's seven hundred and fifty. Yeah, because initially it was meant to be one and a half million, yeah. and then it was like. No, oh. I think the one and a half million is like including coaches. And yeah, stuff like includes that? everyone. Oh, yeah. What about Stewie the Starfish? He must. He must. He better be in DP money. I think he. Pays he is you. the best thing in football. Yeah, for me, he's he's our hero of the year in the end of season thing. I I saw him yesterday. And I was too awestruck to actually speak to him. Oh. He just looked at me with his googly eyes. Oh, I have and a picture. I oh, a picture. He came up and hung out. I, I love him. Anyway, <laughs> Jeff Tinker was like, "What is that? <laughs> <laughs> what is he supposed to be? A starfish? Yeah. No, yeah, we explained it to him. Oh, okay. I mean, what, what's purple? <laughs> it's certainly been a tough season in charge for. Pacific FC head coach Michael Silberbauer. I, I don't think he expected as much of a challenge as, as it was. I think a few coaches might say that. Got a chance to speak with him, though, at Pacific Training on Friday, just about the season so far and what the, the last two months might hold in store. Looking at the table... It still looks so tight that you just need to go in a couple of games and the, the fall championship and the championship game still looks like it's on the cards. Is that what you're telling the guys? Look, you're still very much in this. No, not really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're right in a way, in a sense of way, that the league is tight. There are Every team, maybe except Forge and, and, and Calgary, who's, who's a little bit ahead, but not unbeatable. Yeah. Um, uh, it is really tight, uh, but I think we are in a state right now, also having young players here, where we have to look at performance, and we have to look to put in a performance 
week after week and uh, we put in a very good performances at time but we have also have lapses and I think before we talk about going on a run we should prove to ourselves that we can put in a performance uh, week after week. This season it's been very testing for you all the injuries and getting used to the travel in a, in a new league has it been more difficult than you thought it was going to be or more challenging? Uh, it's, it's definitely been challenging I think no, just the south of the country. You knew you have to experience it um, be, yeah. be, be, be before you know. I I had it as a point, but before you try it, you, you don't know. So that's definitely a point where we are learning. Um, for the rest of it, it's been challenging, but um, we chose it that way. I, I think we are moving forward. We just have to to keep getting it right and keep moving forward. It's such a young team you've got as well, and with young players comes the challenges of like keeping them at, at their levels and just making sure that they don't burn out. It was a conscious decision, obviously, to go young. Is this with a view to the long term here? To Maybe the first season is going to be a, a challenge, but then you've got these guys ready to go for season two, season three and beyond. Yeah, uh, uh, Rob, Joss, and, and 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 Dean, the owners, you know, they 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 had a vision, and and Rob and Joss, who played the game themselves, you know, they they really wanted this to be a a path for young Canadians. They wanted this to be young Canadians coming uh, coming through, and and they really liked the idea of young players uh, giving them a chance. Um, so that's been their philosophy from from day one, and and. And we're not working on a one-year plan. We're working on on a, on a much uh, longer scale. So, yes, year one we are we're probably not gonna gonna win anything, but it ha- it has to be preparation for year two, three, and four. And and like I say, we have to to, to keep turning the knots and uh, so we so we get this uh, just or better and better or or in the end hopefully just right. So so you have something sustainable. Now injuries obviously killed you this season, especially early on. Losing Marcel before the season started, and then Marcus, two big guys that you brought in. Is is there a case to argue that these rosters need to be bigger? Twenty-three man rosters is just not enough for for teams. Yes, probably no. Like, look, yes, you're right. Like we, those, those were like put into to, in our squad. Those two for 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 being leaders, right? And it's a big blow losing them. Um, but you know, we have to be as a league. Also, we have to be be clever, right? And and the money is not the um, the biggest right now. So everything has to to you have to be able to to make profit with it and and uh, able to pay it. Um, so I, th- I think it's okay. The league is not biting over too much right now, but. In the longer term, I think you might be right. I think the rosters may have to 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 be a little bit bigger, but exactly how uh, I don't know. But hopefully, everybody's also getting more professional, learning from this, which then goes the other way. So if we get more professional, maybe players can also be able to handle more. Maybe even the league gets even better at scheduling the program, so yeah. it's not as 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 tough. Um, so there are a lot of factors that can be done. But a lot of knots that can be turned. But one of them is, is definitely uh, squad size. But there are other factors you can count in as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the schedule. Yeah. It, it's been absolutely brutal. Mm. Yourself, Halifax, you've got the, the longest travel. Mm. Even speaking to, to Tommy at Cavalry, he's been complaining about having to 
travel back home and then travel back out to games and stuff, and they're a bit more central. Yeah. Is there is there a way around that? Should you be playing more games close to each other? If you're in Halifax, you maybe play a game in, in Forge as well and stuff like that. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. That's something that definitely could be looked at as well, right? And I'm only talking as a coach. This yeah. is this is a, this is a, a league, and 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 everybody is learning right now, but. That is that is also something that, that that could be be done maybe to to try and, and see if it works you know every sometimes here in the beginning especially with a new league you have to try something out and then you can evaluate it afterwards but um, if it seems like a good idea it it could probably be worth trying. Now last couple of things the the league in general obviously you're used to playing career in in Europe I was speaking to, to Scott Sutter about you as yeah. well because I know you're good friends. So. Yeah. He's been surprised by the quality of the league. Mm. Have you been surprised at just how good the league's been this year in its first year? Yeah, no, not a little bit, and then not. I look. I was with all the, the other coaches when coming up. Um, not that everybody gave away the secrets, but we knew the team that we were trying to to create, and we knew they were young. And you heard some of some of the others. I knew that the league was going to be strong, but that the league is com- already competing at this level. I think it's is um, that's that's huge for the league. It's a really you see the league has 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 grown fast, and I think it will only get better. For you personally, how have you found life in Victoria? Well. Great, <laughs> but to, to be honest, I have seen uh, this view you're having right here. It's, it's, it's the view <laughs> I had. It, <laughs> it's been my main view. It's been a lot to do, right? And uh, and uh, and that's how I liked it. That, that was the challenge. So it, it, this wasn't a holiday. This was yeah. I came here to work. What's the focus then for the team for the, la- the last couple of months? Uh, like I said, like we. Uh, we have to look at our performances. We need to to try and get uh, get better. Um, so we're looking at performance. We set a couple of, of of goals for the last few games that we want to try and reach, and um, and especially uh, coming into every game um, and bringing a performance is is uh, is a main one for me um, because that's something you can build on. That's great. Nice talking to you. Good luck with the rest of the season. Thank you very Thanks, much. Michael. Thanks. Thank you. Michael Silberbauer there talking about all things Pacific FC and his his thoughts on the season so far. What what have you made of him uh, as a coach, Zach? Do you think it's been a good appointment? It's a strange one. I know he's got the the connection with yeah. Josh Simpson, but to bring a guy that's always played in Europe to come over here. I mean, he said himself, until you experience the vastness of the country travel wise. It catches you out. He stands out because of all the coaches in the league. He's the only one without Canadian connection, coaching experience, right? Like all the others, they're not all Canadians, but they've all had significant uh, contributions to the coaching community within yeah. Canada. He's Bob only Gil, Stephen Hart, yeah, um, Tommy. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, so he stands out in that respect. Uh, it is a bit, it, you know, it did feel a bit strange when it happened you know, at first, but then mm. when I heard more, I talked to the people at Pacific about it. Okay. It, it, it makes sense. And to be honest, I think it, it's, a, 
I didn't mind. I don't mind it in the sense of it gives them a bit of a different perspe- perspective yeah. on things. Also, and, and, and he's and like you even with your opening question there of like, oh, do you see? This? He was like, no, like this, you yeah, know, he's very, very open and honest. Yeah, he was. He was honest. I about, always love that. Yeah, you so, do wonder what Pacific fans listening to that though might think they'd be like, oh, are we we not. Well, but no, we talked. I think we talked about it a little bit last week. They had their town hall, and they know yes. that they're trying to build something. Well, it's a lot. It's a long term plan. Yeah, and it's based about youth. And you don't think there's probably going to be a huge turnaround of talent. There will be some, obviously. Oh, yeah. But these players will then be better next year than better the year after. I'm a bit surprised it hasn't clicked more just because a lot of the players had the familiarity. We knew them, and I thought they would be a bit better than they have been, but injuries clearly have have hit them. And you've had two teams that's basically, they look the class of of the league this year. Before we wrap this section up, final congratulations to Forge for that win over Olympia. Mm-hmm. Big second leg coming up. Not, though, at Olympia's home stadium no, after no. all the troubles that they had on it's, Thursday. So It's that behind be closed doors too, I think, right? I think it is, yeah. yeah. But where is it? Because it was, where is the match? It, I can't remember if it's still in Honduras, but it's not in their yeah. normal place, which is the place I can never pronounce. Yeah, San Pedro Sula, or is it... To go. I think that might be where they're playing, but it's the yeah. one begins with T, T at Scary yeah. Airport. Yeah. Anyway, good luck to Forge. Steve, how, Steve how do you say that? <laughs> oh, I'm ready for the hour. <laughs> good luck to them on Thursday. We'll be back with the final part of the show. Headlines, wavelength, everything you want after this. Hey, it's Marco Bustos. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the final part of this week's AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Tell us what that song was, Steve. Uh, the Eyes on You by a Vancouver band called Hotel Mira. I liked that. That was a good song. If you haven't noticed in the last part of the show, we like to play some Canadian music. And if we can get local stuff as well, that's good. If you are listening to this and you're in a band, especially a Vancouver band, get in touch with us and we'd like to play some of your songs on the show. So the eyes were on the Whitecaps and the CPL this weekend. It's been such a busy show. We had a lot of interviews lined up. One thing we haven't got time to talk about this week, we'll maybe look at it next week, was President's Week on TSN Radio. That other radio station. There was no president for the football club. No. So Jeff Mallett was there. He spoke for two segments and Mark DeSantos was on for over an hour. Four segments, yeah. Yeah. And there was some some interesting stuff came out of that. So we'll, we'll go over that hopefully next week. And... I mean, you you watched the White Caps, or you watched the first half of the White Caps game yesterday from a pub in Sydney. What, what was the pub? Give it a, a plug. Uh, it was a, <laughs> a Dickens pub. 
Dickens pub. I the, passed that when I, we were in Sydney. Yeah. Did you I, ask I, the I barmaid found, for a Dickens cider? No, no, I did not. I found it funny that you said to give it a plug with the name of it. Time now for a wavelength. It's everyone's favourite part of the show. And we're going to wrap up Scottish Rapper Month in style. It's a Scottish rap song from Wardy Burns, Word and Butler with football connotations. This is Sick Division. <laughs> Check Young here, joined by Scottish MC... Wardy Burns! Wardy, what are you saying? <laughs> How you doing, chick mate? Uh, I'm here to tell you, well, to tell the whole people of Scotland that I'm part of the sickest division. <laughs> Wardy, what is the sickest division? Tell me. Well, basically, the sickest division is me, Wardy Burns, Wardy SOS, Jordan Butler, Edinburgh, Projito Ricky, Chick Young, ya plum! Oh. Sick division, and we're top of the league. You're fighting relegation at the bottom, you freak switch. Team and we're 12 points clear We are sick, my division brought the hell boys here Sick division and we're top of the league You're fighting relegation at the bottom, you freak switch Full time and we're 12 points clear We are sick, my division brought the hell boys here I'm the wardiest of wardies, horribly I'm horny Performing at an orgy, fuck about a wongy Holding up the scene and I'm registered corgi Drugs take over, this is medicine walkway The devil just taught me I could level your hallway Look your fucking home like I delivered a bomb head in the back of my mind, immaculate shine The bomb squad tackle my rhyme Attack the back of your spine Cause really half of it's mine I'm laughing, it's fine I find it funny half of the time The other half is so hilarious It's funny as fuck I make you leave my fucking game When your number is up This is the sick division And you missed a mission You said you were the man But your dick was missing I know you're sick to pissing You're a bitch, you're wishing You could be me But I'm king of the sick division Sick division And we're top of the league You're fighting relegation At the bottom, you freak and we're 12 points clear We are sick, my division brought the hell boys here Sick division, and we're top of the league You're fighting relegation at the bottom, you freak switch Full time, and we're 12 points clear We are sick, my division brought the hell boys here Sick division, unforgiving for how we're living Smashing opposition like locomotive collisions I'm a captain on the patch, never played the position And I go like a marksman with deadly precision I'm on a mission, wishing, fishing for titles and scouts Casual sniffing talks, sweep streets like the capital city servers Big guns are all fun, we make competitors nervous Popping tables, they contention teams wish they could be this Far ahead in the game, but your squad it's a non-starter It's Edinburgh City, these gadgets, we rap it harder Season after season, we breeze it and push it further So high above the pack, we didn't even have a number Uniformity, regimental, marching casual fatigues Scarfed up, wear a microphone, I'm breaching the piece My rhyme skills, flow supporters, get their ass off their seat Sick division, riding easy, we're at the top of the league Sick division, and we're top of the league You're fighting relegation at the bottom, you freak switch Full time, and we're 12 points clear We are sick, my division brought the hell boys here Sick division, and we're top of the league You're fighting relegation at the bottom, you freak switch Full time, and we're 12 points clear We are sick, my division brought the hell boys here What? Kick off, we pass like one-twos On a mic, pass back and push, we break through We never offset, keep tight and lines move Your number's getting called, there's no substitute I choose, whoever is making a match I'm no ref, but I run the game and that's that I see you just players with no skill and tact 
Indeed, can he hack it? Barely making a scratch. Red card, you can get sent to the stand, but no snitching. Just listen and raise your right hand. Play your position. Stop chasing your man. Fall back in defense. I'm on attack, ya bam. So fly. Yes, I was playing on the wing. Mad Maradona face on the cam with a ching. But it don't need to be a celebration all of the time. For me to do a Robbie Fowler and just get on that line. Sick division and we're top of the league. You're fighting relegation at the bottom, you freak switch. Full time and we're 12 points clear. We are sick, my division brought the hell boys here. Sick division and we're top of the league. You're fighting relegation at the bottom, you freak switch. Full time and we're 12 points clear. We are sick, my division brought the hell boys here. <laughs> Check Young, still here, and we just witnessed. The sickest division! Yes! Ha ha! Lordy Bones! Well, that's OS! Jordan Butler! Project Ulrike! To everybody else! Fuck off! Sick division! Top of the league! Whitecaps, unfortunately, bottom of the league. Good job they're not facing relegation. That was Wardy Burns, Weird, and Butler there from their Project Old Ricky album. You can download it free on Bandcamp. Now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for local and national and international news, reviews, articles and stuff. Make it part of your daily routine. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What have you been reading in the shack this week, Steve? <laughs> FIFA Council unanimously approved uh, expanded 32-team field of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Uh, Infantino said that the astounding success of the this year's Women's uh, World Cup in France made it clear that it was time to keep the momentum going and take concrete steps to foster the growth of women's football. I'm glad to see the first proposal, the first of several, becoming a reality. They basically want, they feel like more uh, countries around the world will invest into women's soccer knowing that there's more chances to advance. Um, in the meantime, he also admits they have to do the groundwork to strengthen the women's game in their development infrastructure across all confederations. Are there enough quality countries out there that can sustain a 32-team World Cup. There wasn't enough for 24. I know. The, I'm trying like, to and I don't say that to me. I, like, I, I, but are you it, just looking at the Thailand, look at Thailand one, Thailand. or there, was there other teams that were like that bad? Like, oh, Canada weren't very good. There were, there were, yeah, <laughs> but they lost to the second-place team they, and were eliminated by the third-place team, I think. Uh, there were other teams in that tournament that were that were really poor. Yeah, um, and there were other there it's were teams the there quality. were teams in, in here in Canada that that were awful. That yeah. like we were just like, what is going yes. on? But that was four but, years. Uh, that's yeah. four no, years. No, no, I know. Right? So in one sense, I agree, I agree with uh, hey, we need to invite more people into this for them to invest more into their program and program. I get that. Like I I see that perspective. However. You are only going to see more of what you saw in the likes of the U.S. versus Thailand, and that was not a lot pretty. Of celebrations yeah. and tea drinking. Yeah, so get ready for more of that. Well, the thing is, like one example I give from another sport for women is the, ho- the hockey. It was basically um, all Canada and U.S. for years, 
And now a team like Finland is getting better. Sweden had upset the U.S. Finland beat Canada last year or something like that. And should have beaten the U.S. if not for a battle. But there are, like, I know you don't want to expand it totally, but maybe this does give an open window for, like, maybe more European teams that wouldn't have been in there get through or stuff like that. Obviously, Scotland would automatically get through now. If it means there's going to be more teams like Cameroon kicking lumps out of English players, I'm all for that. (laughs) But... in all seriousness it's like it will be good to develop the women's game around the world but then the danger is these countries they're developing they're investing in their local leagues and the local sport and Canada's just going to get left further and further behind and Christine Sinclair touched on that this week in an article with JJ Adams that Canada needs to invest in the women's game here and have a league or they're going to fall further and further behind the world game. I understand that, but you can't expect the federation to invest. You have to have people that want to invest, the business people the, the, and the, private people. Yeah, that's it's, true. And it's taken long enough to get the men's game up. And, I know, and the thing is, is you can't force somebody to invest if there's no. not profit in for them, or, the or at thing, least break even. But certainly the fe- is not profit in them. The federation has to show leadership on all yes, this. Yes, hundred percent. And it and is, they finally did something for the men's. Yeah, league. they finally <laughs> took long enough. But and there is a long-term plan or long-term ideal. I'll say maybe not a plan. There's a long-term ideal that the CPL will have a, a women's league as well. Yeah, running but that's going to take time for the men's uh, the men's league to show that it's viable before yeah. the, there will be a, a women's one. I would think right now, if they could get a, a one or two teams into the w, NWSL, that would help. I think they even showed a game again today uh, coming out of Portland. It seems like Portland's always on the TV. Of course. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Manchester City has been warned against using facial recognitions on fans. Uh, they're considering using a technology that allowing fans to get into the stadium more quickly by showing their faces instead of tickets. If someone is recognized as bought a ticket, they would be ushered in by a green light. If they're not, they would be halted by the yellow light. Yeah, the uh, we were talking about this earlier. The, I mean... State, I wonder what the difference in the laws maybe are between the UK and North America because I know American stadiums, there are a number of American stadiums that have fake show recognition stuff. They don't use it in this way. But uh, I'll give you the one example I know for sure is is Portland. Portland has told us that their stadium has facial recognition. So if you're like a band supporter, that oh. there are places where that they can figure out. That's BC Place, we were BC Place does not have that. These guys that's getting banned for stuff, it's like they'll sneak in, they'll well, they'd be spotted in a crowd of 50,000. I just, I, it's a really, really bad idea for Man City. Gosh, you've seen how fucking ugly some of their supporters are. Do you want really someone to recognise the face of Dwayne Rollins? Oh, that's just repulsive to me. Uh, India is bringing a, a youth player registration app to combat age fraud. The app AIFF Golden Baby League aims to curb age fraud by having children registered at the age of six into a database that they will then maintain an overview of the age of youth players. Um, there were, there's been a number of examples in the youth, um, uh, sorry, in the professional leagues there, like t- club teams. Uh, but, and there was also some before and during the U17 World Cup, there's accusations ran against India, who hosted the tournament, um, that some of the squad members were overage, but none of the claims were, ne- were none of the claims were proven. Is there any chance that uh, 37 year old Ali Adnan can use this? Yeah, that might work with him. Okay. Like, yeah, maybe it's too late for him, but we'll see what happens. I mean, these these claims. It's every country, just every couple of years, it just seems to crop up. Yeah, a lot of the third world countries and stuff. 
Um, St. Louis is has been officially named this week as an MLS franchise, the 28th. Um, they will begin playing in the 2022 season. They're the 18th edition since 2005. They're playing a 22,500 uh, capacity stadium, which can be expanded to 25.5 in downtown West and will be the centerpiece of uh, area's redevelopment. That seems to be always the case with these teams. It's really, I don't even think they're interested in the team. They're really interested in the land around the stadium. Yeah. Um, ownership is led by members of the founding family of the car rental business enterprise. So they might not be, there might not be any charter flights, but definitely get rentals there. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be a, a, a budget organization or not. <laughs> so, uh, League's Cup. I just want to make sure I said that right. We got to talk about it. Yeah, which yeah. I even forgot was still a thing. <laughs> yeah. Because the final... when you sent this out, I was like, oh, was that still going? Yeah. Final final is in Vegas next week. Uh, Tigres. It's still going. It's not even over. Tigres drew a Club America 2 2, winning through 5 3 on penalties. Cruz Azul defeated LA Galaxy 2 1. I never. I guess didn't see the match did not at all. playing that. No, I don't think so. So you guys are going to Vegas for the big finale? Of course, yeah. I just want to see the llamas. FIFA has had to step in and take control of the Egyptian FA. They appointed a panel of four men and one woman to manage the Egyptian FA by installing one of its normalization committees um, until fresh elections are held within one year. I don't know what the difference of fresh what, and What is a normalization committee? Oh, they've done that in the past. I yeah. think uh, Australia had that. Remember when Australia? They had, no, remember when Australia had, Maybe they were... Uh, uh, they were said they were going to send a committee in to take over that. Because there was a big issues in Australia um, the, with the FA there. And I think there's been other African countries, Asian oh, yes, countries that yeah. have had this as well. Can, can we get a normalization <laughs> committee here <laughs> to, instead to Vancouver? of the football one? <laughs> um, the crisis was... The crisis... <laughs> Crisis was prompted by Egypt's shock round of 16 defeat to South Africa on home soil, which led to the coach and his entire staff being fired and the whole committee or members or whatever of the board, FA board, uh, resigning en masse. So that's the reason why they've got this going on. FIFA has cleared Iraq to host World Cup games, qualifying games in Basra. Uh, they haven't done it since the 80s uh, because of security concerns. And they, the Iraq has had to host most of their uh, qualifiers in neutral countries. They played home games in Iran, Jordan, and Malaysia in a failed attempt to reach the 2018 tournament. They're following... Um, it, it's basically... This is all happening after a, uh, a security assessment by a FIFA delegation. And so they can start staging games in the qualifying of the 2022 World Cup. They'll be hosting Hong Kong, who kind of has security issues of their own, yeah. on October 10th, and then uh, hosting Iran on November 14th. That should be a fun one. Yeah, that should be a nice, safe trip for everyone. But th- it's not just there that there's some unsafe pitches. No, there isn't. Uh, reports showing uh, Beckham is not having a good time. No. Uh, reports showing the Miami MLS Stadium site has uh, unsafe arsenic levels. Not something you want to hear. Um, according to the Herald, Miami Herald, the analysis found that arsenic contamination reaching more than twice the legal limit and hazards the debris in surface soil samples um, at the golf course that's there where people have played for more than 50 years. Um, the findings could increase cleanup costs at $50 million for the site. Uh, and the Herald is also reporting it wasn't clear whether the added cost would make uh, the plans for the city and commercial complex unfeasible. Inter-Miami said it would not seek city dollars to pay for the cleanup. Are we allowed to call them Inter-Miami? Are they still being sued? I don't know. Them? How many times, like if when they join the league, how many times is Steve going to call them Inter-Milan? <laughs> Did I say Miami or Milan? You, you started, you went into Miami. Yeah. 
I've been practicing that one. I mean, it's, it's not a fun thing for them because I, I, I had an arsenic once and I couldn't sit down for a week. <laughs> Is that all the headlines for, for That's this it. week? That's it. Cool. Just before we go then, just let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary M and a part of the Movement Curve Collective. And something I learned this this week is um, not to tell Michael where I watch the games. And, yeah. and, and have Michael not plug the, the place where you watch the games. Hey, either. but just trying to get a sponsor. And I, I, I'm, no. I'm Please, no. It. Can, can you imagine having them on the show every week? If you're, if you're one of the Dickens people, get in touch. I'm Michael McCoy. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff, AFTN.ca. Find us on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Actually, did something on that yesterday. You can also find me online looking at arsenic ointment. Always a good thing to have in your travel packs if you're going around watching CPL games around the country. But that is it for this week's show. We will be back at the earlier time of 9pm. Yay! We're is back at 9pm next week. The big Colin show? We might do that because oh, yeah. there's maybe not going to be much to talk about. We'll obviously have Gary Mackay, Stephen talking for an hour on the show next week. But that aside, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Take care. Enjoy the two white cap losses this week. See you soon. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Yeah.